you love Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? my sports we'll talk everything michigan sports like only we do and then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery grading the beer throughout the episode so pop a cold one on your end and we'll get busy on ours this is the state of my sports Thanks for checking out episode 108 of State of My Sports. Uh, today, it's uh, myself, Ryan. That's us today. It's just us? John working behind the scenes. You're gonna, his mic is going to be open pretty much the whole time, so um, you will get to know him a little bit more than usual, probably. Um, but today, we're going to talk. Uh, start out talking uh, USFL. That got bought out by Fox. We're going to talk a little bit about that and how, how it can be successful. Um, we're going to talk Michigan sports when we just jump over to the Red Wings. Uh, Mo Sider finished his... Uh, I think second professional season off with a bang. Very good. Uh, talk a little bit about him and uh, set some priorities basically for the Red Wings offseason. Um, Dan Campbell, we're going to talk a little bit about him. He's getting some national attention with, with some of his comments. We're going to talk if we want, if we like it or not. And also, the Lions actually already got their first L of the season. I don't know if you know that. Well, but I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to uh, know. If what you guys want to know what I'm talking about, tune in for that. We're going to talk about some Lions. Um, we're going to finish uh, with our the hop segment is going to be our first player profile, um, something that we've been talking about, trying to get people more familiar with players that we think are, are important to the rebuild or trade deadline, whatever it is, just get to know them, uh, kind of deep dive into certain players. We're going to talk about Tarek Skubal of the Detroit Tigers. So excited. Um, that'll be fun. And I, I've just kind of gone off, off the rails here. I haven't even looked at my sheet yet, so... I'm going to try to pick up uh, here with Betting Hero. Oh, you're betting doing hero, so well, too. Our Betting Hero <laughs> segment, uh, we're going to talk about our adopted playoff teams. I mean, we're getting we're getting down here. Uh, Final Four could be set for the NHL here soon. A lot of teams eliminated in the NBA now. We're going to catch up on that. We're going to talk about some of the over-unders set for Michigan-Michigan State. Um, we got a lot to go here. Wow. And, we're, of course, we're going to grade some Michigan beer. Already introduced everybody. I hope you guys had – I mean, anything – John, you, you had – Injuries galore, it seems like. Um, <laughs> have you been able to get back out on the softball field, or are you just kind of scorekeeper right now? I'm still keeping score. Um, <clears throat> I opted not to play this week. I probably could have gone out on the field, but it rained Monday before the game, so I'm like... Yeah, you don't want to get on that slippery Slippery, slippery field. anything. I mean, well, what is it? Hamstring injury, right? Yeah, hamstring. Yeah, just don't, don't mess with it. Quad, yeah. I got a lot of swelling and bruising still kind of hanging out in the knee and the calf. So it's still a little bit sore. I'm not in a rush. But yeah. I've, been, I've been playing golf. Have you? Uh, speaking of which, I saw a celebrity of the show out on the golf course this weekend. Who was that? Sir Mr. Micah Smith. Oh, yeah. What was the, the golf outing you guys were at? Uh, it was a veteran fundraiser uh, do- donation. Um, the The biker group that put it on is called forged by freedom uh, okay. a bunch of local vets in this biker group shane nichols and brian campbell oh yeah um they had a team put together through their their boss at 616 reality um anyway long story short i got invited to play and then uh paying at the you know registration table and 
outwalks Micah Smith of all people. That's funny. That's awesome. Um, so he was there with some coworkers then. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so he works for Strain Electric. Yep. And they were spons- they sponsored a couple holes. It sounded like Micah said. Yeah, and they had I think they had like at least like two or three foursomes out there. Guys. Nice. From, uh, yeah. That's really cool. Ryan, how was your week? It was a uh, recital week. It was recital. So that's week. why we're recording a day. A day late. How did yes. that go? Uh, I know how it went. Well, but. it was a bit of a roller coaster. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, quite a bit of work getting uh, – so we had it outside. Had a bunch of work on Sunday le- leading into the week, uh, just setting up the stage, getting everything set. Uh, we, we had a bunch of awesome opportunities to get this stuff for, uh, um, you know, just like donated at a good price. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. So, um, but it took a little bit of manual effort to get that set up, and it was good, and then – forecast looked promising leading right. up to it. we were all worried about the rain and then it was like no rain zero i didn't see any percentages of of rain at all leading on into the day of and and then three dances into the recital the rain started and it just kept picking up from there so yeah. squeegee I mean, dude you were there yeah, yeah. We, we both we had there two squeegees thank you very much by the way Hey, my squeegee that's the most action it's had since i bought it so. <laughs> sam went and got a squeegee so that made two <laughs> squeegees and uh, we were we were definitely on that uh, squeegee duty the rest of the time. Made it through with the little kids in the rain underneath some some like little tents set up on the stage and uh, with a whole bunch of towels and a lot of work and a little bit of chaos, but it was good. And then by the end, it was we had the tarps off there. It was perfectly dry. The girls were dancing. Yeah, they were normal. doing their one one armed cartwheels. One armed cartwheels. Yeah, whatever and, they talk about. And yeah, stuff. they were making me nervous every time they did it, but <laughs> right. they pulled it off. It, overall, I think everybody's just relieved that. Uh, it's done. Yeah, I mean, when when we set up, we set up the stage on Sunday, and I would I thought for sure I was gonna be just focused on the stage the whole time. Like, I'm, yeah. this thing's gonna collapse. This thing's gonna collapse. And we then at, by the end of it, time. I was like, I didn't even have time to think about it. I know it. we didn't. Have I was time. watching yeah. puddles just puddle up. I'm like, that's the puddle I'm going for. <laughs> yeah. As soon as this song's done, like it was so funny, and nobody clapped for us. But um, no, there we were, were a lot of we standing were, ovations. We we had way more stage time than anybody else uh, out there, and yeah. nobody clapped for us once. And we that, didn't even get a thank you. I don't think. One little girl thanked me, and I was I was very happy about that. I wish I would have knew. I wish I would have known which one it was. So I yeah. thanked her. Well, yeah. I didn't know I was gonna have to thank her, but she was the one that meant the most to me. <laughs> thank after. you for thanking me. <laughs> exactly. Help me help you. No, so that, that that's good. Um, yeah. So Kyle's gone. Mike is gone. Um, they pretended to have something going on today. I don't know what it was. I'm not worth asking. You know. I'm excited that we finally get our chance to shine here and talk it's, a little bit. <laughs> It's right? good, right? Yeah, those guys they, constantly get in the way and just like steal it. my airtime. Yeah, so I'm just I'm. They're so long winded. I'm sure it's gonna be a really short <laughs> non sports episode, right? Yeah, like I'm not, no, I'm honestly really excited about not them not being here, but the fact that like we're not gonna get any dirty looks. Like, yeah. hey, wrap it up, Sam, or any. <laughs> I got the, I got the whole th- the the thing here. So if, if we go too long, the jaws fade. Yeah, that's on me. So that's not gonna happen because I want to keep talking. This could be like a three hour episode, Uh-oh. but um. Is that the sun coming up? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I hope it's not. gonna be it's gonna be one of those, but I think it's gonna be a fun. We got we're doing a touch on pretty much everything, so it'll it'll be really fun. Um, before before we get into to our topics, uh, there's some big news going on. It's not fun topics, not f- anything fun to talk about. The whole uh, sexual assault thing going on with the Michigan doctor. Um, it came out around two o'clock today that uh, Bo Schembechler's son is actually going to have a press conference tomorrow. And 
the rumors are that he's going to come out saying that his dad knew a lot more than what he put on and all that stuff. It would be really fun to talk about right now, or really important to talk about on a day like today. But I, when that happened, I was just like, let's just wait. Let's wait and see what gets said, not speculate what's going to be said or anything like that. Well, that's not the type of show we are. Um, so I just... I thought it would be better to just wait it out. We're not going to duck it. We're going to talk about it at some point, probably next week if if enough comes out. But I just wanted to point that out that that's really big news and it could really hurt the University of Michigan, which is one of our um, obviously favorite teams here on, on the podcast. Um, so we're, we're going to touch on that as soon as we know a little bit more information. Um, a lot of comments coming out. It's just not worth speculating and, and kind of getting into what ifs and all that stuff until, until you're, it's time you're absolutely to. right yeah not not even worth having an opinion yet let's let the facts lead our opinions exactly yep that that's kind of my goal with it and we will try to touch on it but it, it's fairly new um for for people that haven't been paying attention um i think i want to say it came out around february last year is when it all kind of started and it's kind of been swept under the rug for the most part but a lot's coming out over the last week and it's going to be become Probably one of the biggest sports stories in 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 the country, I think, um, unfortunately. But one, once we know a little bit more, we can give our our true opinions. Um, but one thing that that's a little bit more fun to talk about is the USFL. And for the people that don't know what the USFL is, uh, United States Football League. Uh, they were I want to say early eighties. Uh, they had eight, sixteen teams. I, I don't know all the all the facts about them because I was negative five. Um, <laughs> I don't even know, but uh, but then they merged with the NFL, and the fact is that Fox bought the USFL rights along with all the the teams, you know, and all the team names and the stuff original, like that. The original, the original team teams, names. yeah. So they own all that Fox does. It sounds like 2022 is they're gonna they're gonna kind of revamp this this league. Um, one of the teams was the Michigan Panthers. Uh, they won the championship. I want to say the first year. In in eighty three, could be wrong again. Don't not f- really up to date on my USFL <laughs> right? history. I know here, that they were. I know that they were good, and and they did win a championship. <laughs> but anyways, um, they were a Detroit team back then, and and I'm just kind of curious. You see a lot of failing football leagues right now. You had the XFL that tried to do it again, and, and a lot of crazy things happening. But I I, I want to know like why what you guys think would make this league successful and then like let's talk a little bit more about the michigan panthers like what why are these other leagues failing and can this one succeed or is it just basically the next one to fail like what are your thoughts on that Either i mean, one I, I, mean I i feel like this needs to succeed the same way the g league is succeeding at this point and if it's not like it needs they needs to have some sort of association with a parent company or a parent okay. team I think, or yeah. or have players drafted by those teams that can then go be assigned to a certain team. If that's a mixture of NFL teams, there's got to be a minor leagues because people don't care about a secondary league. They want to see the best. We yeah. all want to see the best quarterbacks in the league. We see 30 football teams, and there are very easily a clear elite 5 to 10 quarterbacks. Mm. That means there's 5 to 10 quarterbacks in the world that are doing that. So I don't care about who's playing 45th best quarterback and, and go out there and watch them. Like, yeah, it'd be cool if Grand Rapids got a team out of this, and that might be one of the talking points that we're going to talk about yeah. soon. Um, I'd love for them to come to Grand Rapids, and yes, I'd go watch some games. It'd be yeah. fun. But as, as far as like national interest goes, I think you have to have some fans of the Seahawks or fans of the Lions or, or the Bears 
rooting for one of their guys or a draft pick that has a familiar name or their practice squad guys that instead of being only on the practice squad, they pra- they played practice together throughout the week. Yeah. And then they go play their own game on the weekend and show what they can do. They can go prove it somewhere. Yeah. So I think that would be, to me, the better way to do this and we could have our sixth, seventh round draft picks mean a little bit more in mm-hmm. the long run. No, I, I think that, that's a, a really good idea. I don't know how it'll work. That's I think that's the really hard part with with um, the feeder system when it comes to NFL because like if you have somebody that that's worth it, they're they're not going to put them at risk. You know what I mean? For the most part, and you kind of have the pra- practice squad. But I think if considering them practice squad games, and they, all of a sudden their practice squads are are playing real games and all that stuff like that, I think that would be a cool way to do well, it. Well, that's what and, I mean. Which is kind of similar, yeah, like yeah. what you said. Yeah. Um, but. One thing that I think the that the other leagues fail with is they're try they try to be too gimmicky, and they're changing rules. They're trying to no kickoffs and nothing. Let's play football. Let's play the football that everybody loves. Who cares if you're the NFL? Who cares? Like you're you're never going to be the NFL. You're not going to merge with them again like you did in the '80s. That's that that's long gone. But play the same game. Play a hybrid between the college rules and the, the NFL rules, or just play straight yep. NFL rules. Yep. I hate that they're trying to get cute with all these other leagues and stuff. Just play football. Yeah, that's I what agree. people want to see. They don't want to be sitting there and be like, "Ooh, I haven't." There's no kickoff. That's going to be fun to not watch. What do you like, think? What do you think about because arena football league, uh, the arena football that was popular because it could go anywhere. Yeah. Because they didn't need huge, massive football field, and and yeah, it could they, be, they could go anywhere. They could go to the the same complex or the same arena as a hockey yep. arena or a basketball arena, and then they could go play. and It's a smaller field. They're, they did have some gimmicky rules, some different yeah, things, yep. but it was unique for a reason. Yep. So, what do you think about that versus the full size football field? I mean, I I think that has its place as well. I I don't hate that. But if you want to be connected to the NFL and you want to be taken serious in the true football, you know, American football, you know, aspect, then you have to play outside, stick to the rules, stick to the field and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I agree in, in with my you. opinion. I, I 100% I think, agree with you. I think going small scale, and this is where I, I, I kind of want to turn it into like a Grand grand Rapids thing, but I, I think you need to take not necessarily like the – like the feeder system is something that didn't really click right away because I was thinking, oh, s- summer would be cool. Like have a summer league where – some of these guys get to play and all that stuff, um, and then, I, I, sorry, I lost track. <laughs> lost track of where I was at. But <laughs> basically, basically, like make it like the Whitecaps. Make it fun. Make yeah. it. Don't take yourself too serious. Make it about the fan presentation and, and or like just make it more interactive for the fans. Everybody's close. Small stadium. All of that kind of stuff. I think that's what it's going to take. It's not going to be like. Oh yeah, well we're Michigan Panthers in Detroit, so we're gonna go play in Ford Field and cut off ninety nine percent of the the seats because we can't fill a stadium. That's not gonna do justice. TV's yeah. not gonna do the justice. I know that's the goal is to be on TV, but engaging with the small communities that will support you—that's what will make you successful. Because you got the Griffins who are who are supported here. You got the Whitecaps that are supported. You got minor league baseball teams that are supported. All across the world. I mean, I mean, country. There's probably like 750 teams, I would guess, in, in the minor leagues. Um, <laughs> somewhere around there. It feels like it. <laughs> but, like, if everybody's filling the stadium and, and can put a good product on the field for to bring people in the seats, that should be the goal. Don't make it about the TV revenue, all that stuff. You can do that in the playoffs and maybe get a little bit more headway that way. But, like, just focus on the communities and make it a fun football experience because people love football. 
Let's be honest. Well, and the, you know, there's plenty of good talent to go around too. There's a lot of good football players that do not get on a field. The NFL is so competitive because yeah. there's always more coming. Yep. And so I think when you what you see with basketball, there's professional leagues all over the world. So if you don't make it to the NBA, you're stuck in the G League for two years and you're not working out. You can always go sign with the German teams. You can always go to the Italian basketball league, and it's yeah. not that super competitive, yep. but it's really good. Spain is great. Australian basketball league is taking off. The guys go to China and become legends at this point. Yeah, Stefan Marbury is an absolute legend in right? China. <laughs> yeah, like just scoring 100 points a game. Like it, it's crazy how many competitive leagues there are, and guys are making good money there because they're professionals. Yep. And so I don't think it's there's no other. There's no other besides the the Canadian Football League. There's no other league for NFL players that aren't that want to continue um, their craft and mm-hmm. getting better and succeeding and, and getting a look for the NFL. Yeah. There's no other way for them to do that at this point except for being a practice squad guy. Yeah, and you, I mean, that's also very competitive. So, yep, I, I think this is an opportunity for them. They could get a pretty good product on the field I, I really think they could i think they could too but i think the focus should they're, they're going to focus on tv and that's not the way to go in my opinion i think that's their their biggest downfall yeah in, it, in the that. money part's the hard the hard one mm-hmm. so I, they need to go after like the secondary like instead of gatorade powerade or i don't know if powerade even exists or body anymore, armor or something yeah, yeah I, I mean like that kind of yeah, stuff exactly. they need to be yeah creative with their sponsorships Rockstar energy and or something like that sure yeah. yeah um john did you have any thoughts on that what would a league like that due to a practice squad, right? I mean, would that shift some type of personnel cap down I, in in number? I mean, there's plenty of guys coming out of college that don't get drafted that are good. Could play yeah. a semi-pro football career and who knows, you know, they they maybe need a couple more years of development, could take off and become an NFL prospect. Mm. I don't know. I'm I'm not against it. I'd like to see a qual- like you said quality product on the field. Yeah. Um, if it was in Grand Rapids, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I think it's a community that could flourish with a, a team like that. Um, but I think the money, right, in the NFL compared to any other football league, the gap is so it, but, but it, wide, yeah. wide open. But yeah, that's exactly. part of it. But that's part of it because if they get exposure, if they prove themselves at a certain level and they can have the right competitive atmosphere there, then that would bring in some talent. Especially, yeah, Fox – I mean, yeah, they're yeah. they're kind of the, you know the up and coming leader in, in sports coverage. I don't know; they it could are. be interesting. Yeah, it will be. It is time to introduce our Michigan beers for this episode. But before we do, I want to remind everyone of our partner, Sicily Annals Market. They are simply the best beer store in West Michigan, located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between Grand Valley State University's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it is worth the short drive for what they have to offer. Whether they know what you want or need some help from their expert staff, Sicily Annals Market is the best place for that. They not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of the best craft beers from across our great nation, they are individually priced so you can mix and match to build your own six-pack. They obviously have a great selection of craft beer. They also have specialty wines, spirits, ciders, coffee, tea, tobacco, and cigars. Siciliano's Market also has the largest selection of homebrew and winemaking supplies in West Michigan. We love that Siciliano's Market is part of the State of My Sports family, and it is who we visit to help us choose our Michigan beers for each and every episode. So please check them out and let them know that we sent you. All right, so I'm drinking from up Why? upper hand. Why'd you just do that? You just ripped off. The- I always do it. If I notice it's a sticker. I rip it off because I, f- I want to know what's below it. And then oh, nice. I feel like this is actually going to be a cool a cool thing because it says, congratulations, you've de- 
discovered our secret. So hold on, let me introduce the beer, and Whoa. then I'm going to look into this while you guys introduce yours. But uh, Upper Hand, it's called Next Up. It's their hazy uh, IPA. It uh, doesn't have any of the percentage I, I, I don't see. Um, so I should really I should get more information here. Uh, oh, here we go. Six and a half percent alcohol by volume, which is actually pretty high for a, a single IPA, right? Maybe not. Yeah, pretty standard. No. Um, but yeah, so far so good. I, I I'm a really big fan of this, um, and I'm really don't care about introducing this right now. I'm really curious what what's going on in my can. So, um, John, you're gonna you're gonna be uh, jumping in, uh, giving a beer grade today. Um, so what are you drinking? From Perrin Brewing Company, you know, local. This is the Rosalaire. It's a Flander, Flanders red sour ale aged in oak. Little uh, intel. This Flemish style red ale was brewed using a mix of wild yeast and bacteria as part of our sour program every other year. We recreate, or we create, a blend from our top selection of barrels that have been aged for a minimum of 18 months to create an elegant and deeply complex sour beer. Um, first taste, uh, pretty good. I'm looking forward to enjoying the rest of this one. Nice. Yeah, I was curious about that one. Barrel-aged beer. Sour. It's sour. Yeah, that's that's, sour that's interesting. I wonder if uh, Eric had anything to do with that one. Our, our old friend Eric from probably had something to do with it. I'm assuming <laughs> <so>. probably helped. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep going because this is really I'm really excited. Uh, about this do you know thing. Do you know what this is called? Zion. Zion. Really? Yeah. Oh, Z Z A O N. No, nope, Z I O N. Oh, Zion. whatever. I can't. I can't read this. All right. <laughs> All right. It's creative and and I'm not. So it bested me today. All right, Zion. Uh, this beer is from. It's actually a collaboration between City Built Brewing Company and Arvon Brewing Company. So really, really cool. Uh, it's it's a very powerful, very strong DDH triple IPA. It's a ten percent. Um, let me just give you a little rundown of this. It says. Uh, ideas get remixed, old traditions combine and become new trends. We strive to reflect that energy in our innovative beer recipes, methods, and in our uh, Puerto Rican-inspired food served in our downtown tap room. So they're looking for something different. This is Puerto Rican style, which I don't know what a Puerto Rican style IPA is, but um, it must be super strong because this one is <laughs> for sure. So a little bit of a, I'm a huge fan of City Built. I've <laughs> yeah. brought it up a lot of times on this yeah, podcast. Yeah. Their food is amazing. Beer is awesome. And then with Arvon, it's a really cool collaboration. So I feel like I'm, I just won something. I'm really excited about this. So it says, "Congratulations, you've discovered our secret." Uh, it says, "We weren't sure if anyone anyone would actually take the time to peel off our label, but you did. Uh, maybe it was out due to boredom, or maybe." Just had a couple upper hand beers and were feeling adventurous. Um, whatever the reason, <laughs> or there just, was a beer read going on, right? Was- <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, whatever the reason, we just wanted to say uh, thank you, even though you did just cost yourself ten cents. Uh, and then it says we'd like to reward you for your curiosity. Visit upperhandbrewery.com/slash/secret for a few more. Uh, surprises exclusively for you and your fellow sticker peelers. Welcome to the club. Wow. This is really exciting for me because I'm always curious about that. I've, I don't know if you guys have seen that before, but I usually just peel no. them off because like, when there's a sticker like this on it, 
that means they're using a different type of can usually. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. okay, is it an old beer that they didn't fill enough with and then they moved on and put a new label on it? But this one is the coolest. It actually even has a, a barcode thing. So if you can kind of see that, if, for the people that are watching, I don't know if you can scan the, the screen or not. I don't know if it works that way. But you might get like something cool out of it. I got to do this after the fact. Um, I don't know. I, I might have to do this while live later on for the beer grades. Yeah, maybe. you should. And you so should you do can it. Kinda, uh, What's the longest read we have? Just do it during that. Right. I yeah. should. From the Red Wings to Michigan State, we're talking about it. This is State of My Sports. So for the people that are live, uh, thank you uh, for joining us live. We always appreciate that. Um, If you can uh, see the screen, we have a question up there. Uh, The comments are supposed to be coming up uh, above our screens, but it doesn't look like it's happening. So we're going to try to monitor them the best we can. I'm going to try to figure that out. Um, Just something new that we're working on. Um, and basically that what we're going to do is that each segment's going to have a question for our fans and, and kind of get people more involved. We're going to try to read them and answer questions that you guys have. Um, but the question of this segment is, will Moe Sider uh, make the Red Wings out of camp next year? Um, and, and the reason for that question is basically because he's kind of going to kick off the, the Red Wings topic here. Um, actually, nope, sorry. <laughs> Dang it, I screwed that up. I should have just stuck with my guns there. But anyways. <laughs> I, you can still roll with it, right? I still could, right? Yeah, and I just, could. but but it <laughs> My brain's telling me I can't do it. So, every, do it every. So what do, do I? What, what should I do? Should I stick to what the paper says, or should I go with what I've been doing? Uh, do your thing. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> uh, the lottery results are in. Most cider was a sixth overall pick, so that kind of works. But the lottery picks, um, the lottery happened last week. I don't remember what day it was. Wednesday, maybe. Um, and the Red Wings are going to pick sixth overall again. So they took Zadina at six and cider at six over the last couple of years. Um, Raymond was the year, was last year. I think he was three or four, seven, four. I think four. Oh yeah, yeah. It was four. We dropped three spots. So, anyways, uh, sixth again, and basically everything was chalk. And uh, I'm not angry about it, really. Um, the odds said that we should have been sixth, and and we got it. I, I and I think everyone fell into place except for two teams, which was the Kraken moving up to two, and whoever was two moved down to three. I forget who it was. Um, but anyways, it, it was it, it worked out well for the NHL this year because last year was a complete disaster with Red Wings dropping three spots when they were as bad as they were. Um, we had a right to get angry about it. We don't have a right to get angry about this one. In in the way I, I kind of wrote it down as the uh, a broken clock is broken or is right twice a day, right? And I feel like the NHL, as flawed as their system is, they kind of got it right with this one. And I don't want to complain about it. I don't want to lose any sleep over it. It's it's where we were. It was almost like, yeah, if we moved up, that would be payback for how awful it was, failing like, falling like we did last year and all that stuff. Um, but it didn't didn't come that cross that way. But anyways, that's kind of where we're at. It's just it's still a flawed system. I'm not happy with with the way the NHL does their lottery. Um, but it just it worked out in their favor. I think more than anything this year. Um, I, I don't want to get too much into uh, who we're gonna take in that spot. We have time to to dig into that over the next few weeks, um, but also another thing that happened was with with how teams are getting eliminated in the playoffs. Uh, the Capitals pick that we got for uh, the part of the Mantha deal it, it fell into twenty second overall, which was kind of best case scenario when this when the trade happened. They're obviously going to make the playoffs, and I want to say they they could have gone down to twenty twenty. 
I think if if things but fell into place, but, but anyways, yeah, first round exit, everything worked out perfect in and twenty second overall. Uh, How did Manta do? With pretty him? darn good pick. He started out really hot. Um, he scored I think in the first four games that he played with them, and then he just kind of dwindled off and was a little uh, disappointing, to be honest. I mean, he's always been a little streaky, right? He has. Yeah, that's definitely his 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 game. Yeah. Um, so if it's timed at the right time during a playoff run, he could be. Could be One a of the most valuable players, yeah. yeah. But then, yeah, yeah, you just never know. Exactly, a lot like Johan Franzen for the Red Wings when they were when they were in their heyday. Um, he would have just like a series. I think he had a series. Red Wings swept Colorado, and he had like nine goals in four games or something like that. It might Franzen. even have been more than that. Yeah, it was just crazy. He was on some crazy. I think he had two hat tricks and one four goal game. I think he might have had twelve goals. Who knows? It doesn't matter. Oh, dang. Uh, it was crazy, but. Um, yeah, the the whole thing with the Mo Sider, a uh, little little bit of backstory on him. He was the sixth overall pick uh, back in 2019. He played 49 games in Grand Rapids, uh, but with the pandemic, he decided to stay kind of overseas, where he knew that the season would start on time and things would go. So he played in the Swedish Elite League, and he won the Elite Prospect Award, uh, in, which is given out uh, annually to the SHL's best junior player, so junior aged player. Um, all of that, uh, and he also won uh, best defenseman in the league, and he scored seven goals and twenty-one assists, and was a plus fourteen. Uh, but most importantly, I think he he just he didn't look like the nineteen twenty-year-old that he is in in a league amongst men. Like that is a very high-level league. Um, I would say probably number three behind the NHL, KHL, and then you got the Swedish Elite, which has a ton of talent. And the awards that he won, you look at past winners, studs in the NHL right now. Elias Pettersson was one. Uh, sorry, the other names escape me right now, but I remember reading that one, and there was a few more that were just like, man, these guys are good players in the NHL now. So it, it's nice to see. Um, and, and I think the the cool part about it is he didn't put up like crazy numbers. He's playing his position extremely well, and it's going to translate really well into the NHL. I feel like, and it, it's it's awesome. It's really great to see. Um, and then he went over and played in the IH, IIHF for Team Germany, which is the the worlds basically uh, for for the NHL or for the professional leagues, um, and he won best defenseman in the tournament. That's a pretty big deal. That's um, really cool. And again, he's doing it because he's just shut down defensemen. He's he's playing very well. He's playing his position well. He's if you're winning awards like that at that age and and doing it without scoring, that that's a big deal. That tells you something, and it tells you that he's he's making the right plays and he's. Playing his position really well. And, again, I, I just look at it as he's going to play. Uh, the, so the question here is, is will Mosider play make the Red Wings out of camp? I, I don't think there's any question. Where where the Red Wings are um, defensively, and then you, you have this guy who can play his position really well, and he can play a lot of minutes while he's learning to become an offensive player. You know what I mean? And kind of groom that way as well. Do you, uh, do you, so you were saying that you think he's going to be with the Wings next year. Yeah, and do you what? Where do you think he falls in line with their current defenseman? Then do you I think, think he's he could be a top pair. Honestly, I think if you if you want to put him with a Hronik, that would be great. If you want to um, bring in, if you want to like resign Stall and put him with with Cider to have a veteran presence type thing, that's a good way to go too. Um, he he's going to get top four defensive minutes, I think, in in this on this team next year. I really do. Um, 
it, it might be a little too much of hopium. I I think so. What I what I heard about him, and I I actually did. You'd be proud of me. I actually did some research with the Wings and some of their prospects. Not only some of the prospects they could get with the sixth overall pick, but also some of the prospects that they have in the system. And one of the biggest comments that I heard back and forth. This was from like three or four different videos or, or podcasts that I, I watch or listen to, and they were all saying that. Um, Mo Sider, so when, when he was invited to Worlds, number one, that's a big honor right there. Yep. Number two, he started playing against all these men, and it was, you know, he he earned a, he earned some minutes. Like, it was, he got some very limited minutes up front. And then you could see by the end when the, when the games were meaningful, when the minutes were meaningful, they relied on him. Like, he was on the ice when it mattered most because yeah. – they couldn't. They couldn't do it without him. Like they, he was one of their base, one of their rock solid guys that they needed on the on the ice, in the most important, critical, crucial parts of the game. And I just think that's so cool at a young age. Like yeah, I, I'm really excited about this guy. Um, he's not going to be flashy. He's going to be. Look, I'm not. He's gonna, a big kid, right? He like is, he's, big. he's big. Yeah, and he puts he plays the body really well. Um, Didn't he like lead the world like hits? Yeah, like I think he led the league in like hits. It, yeah, he's he's been really good. I mean, he he's going to fit well. It's it could be a little bit of a slow transition. I mean, it's it's tough. That's a tough jump. Yeah. Um, for a lot of people, but the way that he's playing, it, it's it's very well possible. He's probably not going to be a stud. He's not going to be throwing up minutes or like points and stuff like that that gets everybody all, you know, six to midnight or anything like that. But he's going to be doing his job, and it's nice to have those defensemen. That translates to making a difference on the ice, right? Exactly. Making everybody's yep. life a little bit easier. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and then if making he can, wins in the end. Exactly. And if he can learn – so the key th- with, with defensemen is you, you always want them to become offensive defensemen at some point to to an extent. And the thing is, is like, like let's look at Chalowski a little bit. He's more of an offensive defenseman. Well, he's not learning very well on the defensive side, that's been a major issue for him, which is hurting his minutes. That's keep, keeping him in, in GR rather than playing in the NHL. Where Cider, he's already got, he's already good enough at the important side for a young defenseman. His main job. Yeah. He can learn the offensive side as he goes while getting really important minutes, key minutes, a lot of minutes throughout throughout the season. So I think it's going to be a, a, a really easy transition for him um, as easy as it gets, I think I should say. I mean, it's never easy, but um, could be could be really exciting to see. Um, and then I, I did want to lay out a couple uh, other key uh, keys to the offseason, I think, kind of a checklist for Iserman. Um, in, in my opinion, I think the, the biggest thing is, is re-sign uh, Jacob Vrana. Um, he was part of the trade uh, with Mantha as well. And he came over. He almost led the team in goals in the limited amount of games that he played. That's hilarious. Which is <laughs> or embarrassing. Terrible, yeah. <laughs> Depends on how you look at it. Um, but he he was a stud. He was exciting. He was uh, everything we wanted Mantha to be. Um, I think I, I liked Mantha, so I shouldn't say that. But he was he he was uh, prettier. Mantha, a, I guess if he's what a return, what a return. I mean, Great with the way he he played along with the, all the draft picks and everything, yep. couldn't have asked so, for more. So he's a restricted free agent. You got to get him resigned. He he got paid three point three five last year. He'll probably get a little bit of a raise. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how Eiserman treats him in this because obviously he's valuable to the rebuild now. Um, but how how valuable is a guy that just got traded? It, it'll be really interesting to see. Um, how all that pans out. Hopefully, they don't go into arbitration or anything like that, it and just might, it make might, it happen. You know, yeah, it might give a little insight to 
where Steve Eisman thinks this franchise is. Really. Yeah. You know, I, if he invests it, in them, then he thinks they might be a little closer than we think. Exactly. And that that's part of, I think, the, the key of this offseason is, I mean, w- what direction does Eisman want to go? I think he has set up this organization perfectly. They have tons of draft picks. They have a lot of young guys um, that could kind of be crossing that line from AHL to NHL or, or a, a bigger jump, if you will, but become important in the NHL world. And so you you can just trust that and just stick to the plan and stay passive and collect the draft picks and all that stuff. Or you can turn these draft picks into now players. And by that, I mean, have a blockbuster trade on the table. I mean, Jack Eichel's on the table. Is that somebody something you want to do? Is he, Are you interested in it? He's set up that to do that if that's what he wants to do. He also can go out and spend a little money on some restri- uh, unrestricted free agents and, and be aggressive that way. He has three options there's so many like and that that's a great thing he has set it up so that he can do whatever he wants for whatever reason he wants and in in my opinion it's just trust him i mean i know it, it, as a red wing fan and you a lot of people say well you just trust him because he's the he's your captain you know he's the great eiserman that everybody grew up watching to you it, say yes yes absolutely partially but it's also because of what he did in tampa he, he has yeah. proven to be a good gm he's trustworthy <laughs> And I think he has, as hard as it is to say because it's been a rough few years, he's sped up this rebuild more than I ever imagined he could because of the savvy moves he's made. And this is a key offseason because he could say, all right, Blaschel, I'm going to trust in you. Let's go for it. And we're going to learn a lot about you this year because we're going to invest We're going to invest in the team and be ready to win. Look, they're not going to contend for the, for the Stanley Cup or anything like that. They could take a massive step forward and be competing for that last playoff spot. And just making the playoffs is valuable in this league and can you can turn anything, you know? Like anybody can beat anybody in the NHL playoffs. So um it'll be really interesting to see what he what he what which way he decides to go. Um and how obvious it'll be. Uh, then, you know, and it, then they need a goalie, right? They need a goalie. Yeah. So Bernier uh, his contract's expiring. You have Grice still on, on contract for one more year. Um, you got to find somebody. And possibly Jasper Wallstead. Is that the the draft pick? Yeah. Yeah. I. That is a lot. A lot of people are talking about that first for, round. for the first round uh, pick at, at sixth overall. We'll get into it. Right. I you don't don't yeah. want to take a goalie that high, but if Eisenman decides High, to, highest I'm sure rated he's goalie, right. highest rated goalie to come out in some time. That's what everybody's saying. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind that. Um, but anyways, that that's kind of where where I'm at with with the Red Wings. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know where else. What else <laughs> you got something on your mind though? Something. I just. I got. I got a. If it's craft beer in Michigan sports, we may not be the authority, but we love both like a fat kid loves cake. Hot, hot! <laughs> This is State of My Sports. What happened on that? Was that Mize? Yeah, Casey Mize gave up a three-run bomb. It was, oh, boy. What was it? it was double, single, first and third, and then Seager hit a bomb to right. Seager? Yeah, he left one up and just he tattooed it. But yeah. He crushed it. Dang. Well, that sucks. It's all right. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about the, the Lions. So it looks like the, the comments aren't coming up right, are they, John? I haven't seen any. Yeah, well, I, well we have a few, but it's – not coming up the way that we we expected it to, and that's I got to figure that out. Well, you you asked him to talk about hockey, right? I did, yeah. Yeah, so we're gonna move on to football before we're we move on to comments. F- 
Well, there weren't comments about hockey. Thanks, oh. thanks for pointing that out. Uh, <laughs> My bad. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, Detroit Lions. So Dan Campbell uh, is, is the new head coach, and, and he's gotten a lot of attention. Uh, and yes, some people has. might say it's for the wrong reason. Some people might say it's for the right, and it's hard to say. I mean, basically ever since his kneecaps and the pet lion that he talked about, um, he, he this latest one is he wore a, a helmet to uh, a press conference. Yeah, F1 series, right? Yeah. Helmet. Yeah, yeah, they had like a little a little race going on outside of Detroit. So yeah, he, he so thought the, he had, he, he's like a what do they it? call it? The Grand Marshal? Yeah, or something? drives around probably in a Corvette with a flag <laughs> out the window. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I thought it was like Grand Ambassador, but I think Grand Marshal is probably it. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to be the the pace car driver. I think is probably the. the I don't know if they have that in F1. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> We're, we're, anyways, he wore that to start a press conference, and and that got a little bit of attention. And it sounds like the national media, at least certain parts of the national media, so like Barstool loves this guy because the, oh yeah, but the, but they're it almost feels like they're laughing at him in in ways. Um, but so I don't know. Well, Barstool, you mentioned um, who, who's the guy with the podcast that oh, Pat kicker? McAfee, McAfee. He's like a legend, Pat McAfee already, and I, I love. Like, did you see him when he when he was on the, the show? Did you did you guys happen to catch that one or no? No, I didn't. Oh, I recommend it. It's so funny. It's so good. And and they just like they're just like, look, you're a real dude, and we appreciate you. And you're like not you're everything a coach should be, and most of all, you're just you're intense. You want to win, and you want your team. You like you're energetic about your team, and they just they appreciate that. Yeah. So the the question for this segment for for the fans that are watching live is is will Dan Campbell succeed? I, I can you just call him Campbell. I don't know. I it's Dan Campbell. Is it Campbell? Yeah. Okay. I, you're I, used to Brian Campbell. I switch it. Yeah. <laughs> Campbell. Campbell. Wait, which one is it? Campbell or Campbell? Campbell. Like Campbell. Can- Campbell. Campbell soup. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Put him on a can. Uh, it's gonna Knee-caps. take me some time. It's gonna take me some time. Uh, but anyways, I mean, will he succeed? And and I know it's it's a pretty – nobody really knows it. Anyways. I, I know. Um, but, I mean, so I did want to bring up a, a, a comment from uh, Colin Cowherd uh, and Joy Taylor. So this is their, their thing. They, and they've they've kind of been against Dan Cam, Campbell nice. from the beginning. <laughs> and this was uh, what this, this chick said. Sorry if I shouldn't have said shit. <laughs> this is what she said. This is professional. This is not a joke, she said. This is what she said about Dan Campbell. I'm not somebody who takes myself particularly seriously, but there are just there's just things I don't I don't want to I don't want jokes. Would about. Belichick do that? Would Bill Walsh do that? Would Honestly, Sean the McVay? First, the first thing I thought was Brian Flores would literally never. You know who thinks that's funny? Dumb people. Here's what I think that's funny. Here's what I think that's funny. If Andy Reid does that, that's funny. Well, Andy yeah, Reid. Because he's a legend. Exactly. That's when I think that's funny. It's a dumb so I'm not thing. somebody who takes oh, myself sorry. particularly seriously. I'm just going to probably play on a loop until I figure out how to stop it. No, but uh, sorry, go ahead. That's just dumb. Dumb statement. Yeah, go ahead. You, I, I, give it to you. It bothers me. That that she's, they are being so hard about it because, look, why can a winning coach do it and not a, like I feel like it's a coach can act like this or a coach can't act like this. You know what I mean? It's not a winning coach can act like this, but a non-proven coach can't. You know what I mean? I don't think that's fair. I mean, I don't know what. What do you think about his, his kind of personality? Is it going to succeed? Doesn't matter. Does it work they, in the NFL? They probably had some sort of agreement. You know, they made him the grand. 
marshal ambassador or whatever it's called and and he was just giving them a shout out like they probably had some sort of agreement this probably had something to do with the lines in general not just him so no i don't think it matters at all number one number two like do you really have nothing to talk about you're gonna bring up a coach wearing a helmet and then analyze whether or not that's we're talking about it we're talking about them (laughs) them talking about it he's like we're talking about them talking about it we can talk about them talking about that they can't talk they're dumb he's not dumb (laughs) A first-year coach in the off-season promoting an event that's going on in the same city that he happens to coach. Exactly. In. Yeah. Why? Why is that national news? That, that he's involved with too. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It, it's silly that they were that concerned about it, and it, it, I don't know. But also, at the same I don't. Time, I don't I care back. if those those uh, legends are doing that or not. I don't care. They're also not going up there and talking about and being honest with everybody in the press conference. His first press conference was unbelievable because we saw who he truly was as a person. Mm-hmm. That's not coach talk. That's not coach speak. That's him, and he's passionate about what he's doing. That's why we all fell in love with him the first time that he went up on stage and had his press conference. Yeah, we we understood why the Ford family went and hired him. That's the best part about this. And no, I don't care what he's doing. And then the next day he was questioned about that in his press conference with the Lions, with, yeah. with the media. And they brought it up like, hey, there's national media kind of can, you know, giving you a hard time. Like, what are your thoughts on that? He goes, I couldn't care less. It doesn't bother yeah. me at all. He's like, I'm going to be criticized what? for my win and loss. Wins and losses. It's all going to come back yeah. to wins and losses. And that's absolutely true. So why would Andy Reid be able to do that? Because he's won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Do you think that, like, what do you think the players think of this because I, I look back at like obviously just in college wasn't like high level or anything but if my coach was acting like that how would I feel and 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 I I mean we didn't have press conference or anything like that so it's a little different because I would care about how he's treating me and how he's treating the team and, and his vision yeah. inside the locker room that's more important but like it's a little quirky and I wonder how the league and the players I don't care what Colin Cowherd and Joy Taylor, whatever her name is. Is it Joy? Yeah, I got it right. Um, wh- whoever she is and, like, cares. I don't care what they think of our coach. That doesn't bother me at all. But I care about, like, the perception. And, and not from the media, not from anybody but the players and how the league will look at them. Because I don't know another coach that acts like this. Okay, but I want to I wanna give a little perspective to this, too, because – that this just tells me that those guys have never actually took taken the time to watch his press conferences. They never listened to him. They take, all they're taking are the headlines, right? And yeah, we could the talk clips. all about yeah. So like how the, the the media does that in yeah. this whole world, right? right. <laughs> so, but they they know him as kneecaps, lion, and now a helmet. So they're like, oh, he's gimmicky. Wait, hold on a second. Is he gimmicky, or has he been talking the whole time about changing not only his the culture of his football team, mm-hmm. but the city in general. Yeah, we, we had a comment basically, sorry. But oh, go ahead. Basically, it's like they're trying to change a culture and acting like this is part of it. Is that, and sorry if that, that interrupted you, but I wanted to make sure that the comment got out Yeah, there absolutely. And that's from Bob to, Karen. To, to go along with that, yes, it's about the culture and they're also relating it to the city. He came from New Orleans where they rallied around a team during yeah. a hurricane, during a recovery, and it was all about the city. The, the players ra- ra- uh, uh, rallied around the city, and the city rallied around them. Yeah. And they wanted to connect as much as possible to the city. That's what he knows. And so he has, he, he has history in Detroit. He knows how this city is with 
him with his team, mm. and yet the team has let them down year after year. So I think this has more to do with us, him talking to us and getting the city or the state involved in the program and yeah. the team than it does worrying about the national media or being gimmicky or trying to, you know, get his teammates or his team, you know, pumped up. I these are NFL guys. He put together the coaching staff he did. He mm. doesn't need to get them pumped up. He's got a whole crew of ex NFL players to keep them in line and know how that locker room is gonna work. Point. Yeah. And if he's got to be the the one people are talking about, he'll he'll take that brunt, you know. He's probably it, doing it, it on purpose. It, yeah, there's a really good chance. John, do you have any thoughts on, on what you think about? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want him uh, – I don't want to sound like he is the distraction, but like you said, he'd rather be the distraction yeah. than, you know, rank their players and, and talk about their team. Um, I'm all right with it. I mean, it mm-hmm. is it is Detroit. Personally, if, if my coach – I, I could look up footage of him playing football on the football field and he came in and acted this way. I'd take that any day over a coach that, oh, I was a glory athlete back in the day. But there's no footage or stats yeah. or anything on yeah. the guy, right? He's he's a he's a fluke. He's a fake. Yeah. Uh this guy's real gritty and uh like you said, national media they don't have much to talk about. Colin Coward is a LeBron James lover boy. Yeah. And he's out of the playoffs, so this is probably his number one thing to talk about point. right now. It's just to pick on he's I, he picks on the teams. Cleveland, he's from Cleveland, so like Detroit okay. is, Yo, acro- that's a good uh, you point. know, across yeah. the border. Like it, uh, you know, yeah. who's worse? You know, Owen sixteen, Owen sixteen. Uh, yeah, he's just out there to get us. That's it. Yeah, he got my attention, or they did. I wasn't too happy about <laughs> it, but at the same time, it made me question it a little bit. But yeah. um, anyways, so where where are we in in um the the season? I mean, what month is it? Is it June? Yeah, it's June. So the season hasn't even started, but the Lions, in Lions fashion, got their first L. I just, of the I season. just realized where this is coming from because I just now looked at the and, picture. And for the people that are, are are watching live, the L is a hat. It, 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 I get that you have an L for the lion behind the lion, but Lions fans, knowing who we are, what we've gone through, I look at that hat. I'm like the losing Lions. The big old L is that, that like that is just typical Lions in my opinion to have a hat that has a big old L on it because that's just most of our Sundays, right? They might discontinue this because of that really quick, quickly here. So this could become like a collector's item. Right. Go, go out and get I'm, it. I'm curious if if they're not happy about it because it's just like, I mean, I, I it's funny. It, it, it's I don't funny. care. It's a cool looking hat. It doesn't. It's not the worst thing, but it's just the L. I'm probably going to get the one with the W, but the yeah. The W, yeah, right. For John, Lions. what did you think of all I, this hat? Is I it hope, a miss? No, I hope every team in the league has a letter behind their logo. I haven't, yeah, or, I haven't or dug else into I'm, it. I'm, I'm seeing this as the London Lions the li- right now, and I don't like oh, the looks of yeah. this whatsoever. So they're going to be the team that moves to London? I would burn this hat. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a fan of it. I mean... If you go burn all the hats and I have the last one, then I'm saying collector's item. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's do it. But they're, not, they're not moving to London. I thought it was funny the way that it's just like L is for the losing Lions. It, it's just like, it is pretty bad. <laughs> I, would, I agree with you there. Uh, it's time to get into our main topic for episode 108. But before we do, I want to remind everyone that the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is open and pouring some of the best craft beer in West Michigan. The revamped food menu, uh, rotating taps, cider, wines, Everything they have, whatever you want to drink, they have seltzers too. 
Um, the hops is perfect for what you have going on. Uh, from dinner with the family, late night drinks with friends, and everything in between, the hops is becoming a staple in the West Michigan restaurant community, and that and that we highly recommend to our friends and listeners. The uh, hops is the official brewery of State of My Sports in 2021, and if you mention State of My Sports, you'll get a nice little discount off your first beer. They also have Mug Club Night coming up. Uh, I did not write down the date, but anyways, if you're interested in becoming a Mug Club member um, for any local brewery, we would recommend the hops for that. You're going to get a t-shirt, you get your your laser etched mug, you can put whatever you want on it, and let them know that, that you, you came in there and because you heard heard of it on the podcast so uh we're gonna get into Great. some uh detroit tigers but in particular Tarek skubal um he's becoming a, a an important name in part of the the tigers rebuild and and i i really like the idea that ryan came up with just kind of let's let's get to know a, little, a lot of the players and a little bit more about their backstory and um what makes them successful what makes them part of uh the organization uh so we're gonna Basically, just start out by, by talking a little about Tarek School here. He was born November 20th, uh, 1996. Man, does that make you feel older? What? Yeah, no kidding, um, man. He's 24 years old in Hayward, California. Um, he's 6'3", 215 pounds. Uh, lefty, right? Yeah. Uh, left, actually. Uh, but Dude. anyways, uh, Scooble attended uh, Kingman Academy of Learning in Kingman, uh, Arizona, and played college baseball at Seattle University. He missed most of the 2016 – and 2017 season after undergoing Tommy John surgery. Uh, despite the injury, he was drafted by the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, in the 29th round of the 2017 Major League Baseball draft, but did not sign and returned to Seattle. He was then drafted by the Detroit Tigers in the ninth round in the 2018 draft um, and signed and became part of the organization uh, that we all love. Um, and he, he's kind of he's responded well. Basically, from from the Tommy John surgery, and it's kind of nice that that's already out of the way. Oh right? yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the thing. Is like, all right, did they already have their arm episode? Because if they didn't, maybe we won't draft them yet. Yeah. <laughs> right. And well, yeah. And two two Tommy Johns are really rare. Yeah. And, and they tend to be career enders. And actually, um, dude who's pitching for the Yankees right now is one of them. I don't know that that's come back from two, but yeah, absolutely. He got it out of the way in college, and then it started establishing him, and it cost. I mean, we'll get into it, I guess, but ninth round pick, which was which was pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I think the fact that he was a ninth round pick and what he's doing right now is is pretty exciting. Um, I wouldn't call it a steal, but I wouldn't. I, it's it's important, I think. Yeah, I, I think what's cool about Tarek Skubal, like you already touched on it. You know, he, he played in college. He was Small more college of, too, which is interesting. Seattle. Yeah, so coming out of high school, he was actually only hitting like mid eighties to upper eighties, I think, as a lefty. Okay. And then he started throwing in in the low nineties and making something of himself in college. Now he missed almost two full years yeah. because of Tommy John surgery. And it, it, it was just the timing of it. It just happened at the worst time, at the beginning of the season one year, and then it took him maybe fifteen months to rehab yeah. and get back. Yep. So he missed the whole basically two seasons. And, um, and, and it, he actually talked about how he was rusty when he, when he got back. Mm. So I, I listened to a few interviews and he was talking about how like, you know, it's tough. Just the time off of the mound is really hard in those cases because he's got goals, he's got dreams, but he didn't, he didn't know where he's going to end up. It's a lot of time to be off of the mound, a lot of time to miss. Cause then once he's back and he's full strength, now he's got to wait for the next season to start and yeah. improve himself. So he actually got drafted. In the, what was it, the 19th round, I think? 29th by Arizona? 29th round. 
I think that's what I said. Yeah, 29th round by Arizona. Oh, you already you already said this. Yeah. Oh, yep. my bad. Yeah, no, you're okay. Yeah, so 29th round the the coming off the surgery. Yeah, like, like he hadn't even pitched yet. Yeah. Yeah, which so, is yeah. I mean, that shows that he's a bigger lefty throwing, you know, 90 miles an hour and and he decided to not sign coming out of that draft and go back to school for another year and it was a it was a great decision on his part. Uh yeah, some of the so, stats on that. Yeah, so Basically, I mean, he's ever since being drafted by by the Tigers, he's he's touched the the uh, prospect rankings, and he's kind of just lingered in there for a while. Uh, so pre twenty twenty, he was he was the thirty fourth overall baseball baseball America's uh, top one hundred prospects, and pre twenty twenty one, he was all the way up to twenty. If if I'm reading this correctly. Um, yeah, and I mean he's kind of just fallen in there, and and it, that's an exciting number. But he was drafted in 2018. Okay, so, so let's go over the timeline real quick. So 2018, I heard an interview where he was actually really disappointed with his season. You know, he actually he had a four seven three. Are you talking about with the Tigers? No, no, no this is back in college. I'm okay. sorry, with Seattle. All right, All right. Seattle College, a small school. Um, so his ERA that year was 4.16 in a small school in college. 19 games, 16 games started. Um, he he actually did, wasn't even like a, a huge strikeout pitcher. He had 106 strikeouts in 80 innings, which is really good. But, yeah. again, it's college. It's maybe a little lower level than you think. Yeah, so we did have a question on, on the Facebook. Does the Tommy John surgery make someone learn how to pitch more? Like Because they kind of have to adjust and become more crafty. Is is the way that they asked it? Like, obviously, you haven't. I don't think you've had Tommy John. You're not really a pitcher, but no, you're a I know catcher, a lot of guys. Know a lot I know a lot that. of guys that have so Tommy like, John. Does it make them take a step back and kind of perfect their craft? Well, what it does rather is, than rely on strength and power. What it does is it has it gives them time away, and now and now it, it's the mental challenge and the mental process of getting making sure you are a pitcher so there's studying there's tape that that you watch there's understanding the the mix of pitching or the art of pitching as as um jim price actually calls it (laughs) he loves that yeah Yeah, but um you know it's it's mixing your pitches in and out different speeds always trying to keep people off balance in this case it forces you to worry about your um your mechanics more than you would if you were healthy okay. because there's a way to throw a way to protect yourself. So when you're rehabbing, you're going to 60 feet for a while, then you go up to 90 feet, then you go up to 120, then you go up to 150, 180, you work your way there. There are certain mechanical movements that you do to be predictable and to protect yourself, protect okay. your, your elbow. So while you're doing that, yes, that is absolutely letting somebody hone in on their skills with ball placement, yeah, understanding your craft, you can also be throwing change-ups while you're doing that because that okay. that's not a bad thing for your elbow. Okay, so you can you can worry more about the finer things of pitching. I wouldn't say it makes you craftier. I think it makes you more uh, conscious, specific. Yeah, okay. it makes you more aware of of your movements as a yeah. pitcher. And a lot of that is arm slot, probably right. If you can, if you can get your fastball in the right arm slot, that probably makes it easier for your off-speed pitch to kind of fall in that same arm slot. Yeah, arm, you can focus on that kind of stuff. Arm slot and and strength around the different because you you the last thing you want is a uh, shoulder that's sore. Yeah. If your elbow is getting rehabbed, so there's a lot of rehab work on your your elbow, which could turn into your shoulder, which could turn into range of motion. Uh, maybe core work. You know, there's a lot of things that can positive things that can come out of an injury like that. They 
can be healed at 100 percent yeah which we know you know if you're going to tear your ucl and your in your elbow get tommy john you normally come back and it's stronger than it was originally yeah so you were talking a little bit about his his college career and and some of the numbers in that did, did i completely interrupt you there that you lost track of where you're going no no, no i know where i'm going up? yeah so okay. he he said he was disappointed not with his strikeout numbers but just with his inconsistency with his fastball and so he he never felt like he got into that pitching mode and it, he, it took him a while to feel the the game of baseball again the competitiveness and like getting into the game he was too worried about his mechanics and his movements and driving for you know like different counts like he was pitching around the strike zone instead of trusting his stuff okay so I think what's really cool about that is that that made him have an average season, and that's what the pitcher, the the Tigers um, drafted him in the ninth round for his potential. But that's what made him drop to the ninth round is his numbers weren't great. Mm-hmm. And, but when he did come back from Tommy John, the point is he was throwing mid nineties now, and then the Tigers drafted him, and then he started throwing upper nineties. Okay. And then he started honing in his fastball. <laughs> He's and like, wait his a placement. second, I can do this. And you could see in 2018, after he got drafted, there was there was uh, the rookie ball. He only pitched, what, three games in rookie ball. He got moved up to to Whitecaps. Yep. Pitched three games at the Whitecap level and then got moved up to high A ball His coming out of rookie, uh, coming out of his rookie year of getting drafted, which we know in recent memory with Riley Green when he was moved up to West Michigan after – immediately after getting drafted that's that's a pretty quick progress yeah to so, get there so one thing i noticed about the the shortened season with with the rookie ball and then the white caps and then he played a little bit of connecticut is he has some saves in there what is the point of, of like he's obviously going to be a a starter you didn't draft him to be a, a closer so like is there a reason why that these younger guys are more of a closer in that scenario is it more like do, do you know why they do that well it, it's situational Okay. So it, it depends. So a lot of these guys, they went through their whole college season, and they've, you know, he started a lot of games in college. He started so sixteen if his, games. If his inning counts is already pretty high, it's exactly. like well, let's just use him sparingly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So so they want to use him as much as he normally would in a standard uh, summer baseball okay. league. Yeah. And then they don't want they might extend him a little bit, but what they don't want to do is transfer some guy who's already had a long college season. And that's all he knows. That's the most that he knows. Yeah. And then just extend him immediately to pro ball. All so right. that's kind of the point of the, the short season. And then, yes, they would start using him out of the pen in order to limit his innings, especially coming off of Tommy John surgery. All right. Um, I mean, unless you had other numbers and kind of – did you want to keep going from there? So, like, what what happened after the his his first season of pro ball with, with the uh, low, low – um, a in the, in the West yes, Michigan uh, uh, rookie ball into the yeah. the, the, the into, West into Michigan a yeah. to high A he ball. just kind of yeah. kept working his way up. Um, yeah, 2000, 2019. 2019, he started with Lakeland um, in high A, and then he, w- he got it moved up almost immediately. Well, after nine starts, I guess. And, oh no, it's times he he spent fifteen games in Lakeland. Okay, and then he got moved up to Erie to finish off the year, and Erie is double A. That's where he was actually paired with Matt Manning, with um, Casey Mize. Casey Mize, when he was first drafted, right? Yeah. He was paired with uh, Alex Fajardo. He was paired with the lefty we got from the Braves. Turn- oh, uh, Joey Wentz. Joey Wentz. That team was, was Turnbull a- still there absolutely no? stacked. Uh, Turnbull was not there, but uh, no. Funkhauser was there. Funkhauser, okay. Yeah, so that was a fun team to watch. They they won the championship that year. 
for double A for okay. that league. Um, and it, the biggest thing to come out of that is he actually won minor league pitcher of the year that year, I think, or him, him or Manning did, but I think he did. I think you're right on that. Yeah. So he, he definitely had, um, he had an amazing year. He led, he led all of minor league baseball in swing miss percentage. Okay. Um, and, and I think he led all of minor league baseball in strikeouts that year too, in 2019. 2019. So like, yeah, that was the, so he went from a to double a. So I think these are total. He had 179 strikeouts and 122 and two thirds innings. And look at his walks. Look at his walks. Thirty-seven. Yeah, that's that. Those are impressive numbers. So his WHIP is one point oh. One point oh. That's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, and so you know, and he's doing that a double A. You know, he's legit. They knew at that point that they had a future starter. Um, probably one, two, or three in the staff. So that's thirteen point one strikeouts per nine innings. Yes. That's impressive. So now that like that that's where that that raises a lot of eyebrows. Oh, and yeah. that's what that oh, gets yeah. a lot of attention because and, and if you keep your walks down, if you have that solid of a whip, right? And that many strikeouts, that's when you're going to that's when you know, all right, this guy has a chance. Well, and the other part of this is he's doing this with mostly his fastball. Yeah, so you want to get right into the arsenal here. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so so he starts. I mean, his his key pitch is the fastball. What what, what do you like about that fastball? It, Tarek Skubal's fastball. First, he's got that quality to him that for some reason guys just cannot pick up what he's throwing. He has swing and miss. Like you watch on TV, and his arm speed looks slow. His body looks like it's moving in slow motion. He throws it to the catcher. It looks like an easy pitch to hit, and then and then the radar gun says ninety seven. Like, like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, like, how did that just happen? And not only that, but guys are swinging through it, and they're like three inches away from the ball. Yeah. So is that late movement as well, or I think what it's causes I think it's a just... combination of uh, he, he's a big guy, big yeah. lefty. He's got a long um, delivery, long arm angle there, and I just think it's difficult for pitchers to to for hitters for for hitters, yeah, to yeah. pick up. At the plate, okay, and I don't know what that quality is. It might like I haven't looked into the spin rate. I'm I'm not sure what what the spin rate is going on there. There, but I know that lefties that throw like he does, they're difficult to hit. And and I'm and I'm thinking of like a a mixture between I would say like James Paxton, okay, where he's got that like long slow delivery, and somehow it's over it's 95 plus, and and then like maybe a Blake Snell that goes over the top. Um, actually, his career I think will might might mimic Blake Snell really closely. As long as it stays in a Tigers uniform and doesn't move. I'm yeah, okay exactly. That, right? Yeah, we don't need him to go to the Padres <laughs> here and be a stud over there. No, but I think you no, know. No, it's good. Yeah. Living with a fastball, living high in the zone with his fastball, and for some reason, again, he's got that swing and miss attribute to his fastball. It, it is his key pitch. It's his. Uh, it's an elite pitch. Yeah. So that, that that's basically what I found in articles. They said it's. Plus pitch slash elite pitch. It's it's close to elite. This might have been an older article where I think, based on what he did on what was that Sunday, Saturday, Saturday, five innings, five innings, eleven Ks. eleven Ks. Like it, it's becoming elite. Um, but but they, basically they said uh, the pitch is largely responsible for Scoobles' eighteen point one percent swing swinging strike rate, which topped all of the minor leagues in two thousand nineteen. Minimum one hundred twenty. Innings that might be the the stat that you were talking about with leading the minors, uh, yeah. Because I mean that that's a big 
percentage for swing and miss. Even in this day and age for for MLB with <laughs> the way that the league's going, it's just it seems like a good fit, right? If you have Scooble and Boyd going in the same series, right, starting two of three games or two of four games, yeah. right? Scooble, like he changes the eye level, and I think his fastball kind of rises on left-handed hitters mm-hmm. and. Right-handed hitters are going to have a hard time picking up on a ball that's coming across the plate like that to begin with. Yeah. And like you said, with, with the Boyd-Scooble yeah, uh, combination, it's like you mess with people's lineups pretty quickly yeah. throwing back-to-back lefties like that. And Boyd, right? Or, or Boyd, two out of three. Boyd is already good enough at making good batters look bad. He can. And then you throw sure. Scooble in there in the same series. I mean, it... It, it, it's interesting having a big lefty, like you said, well, big that, body. You're absolutely right. It's the X factor because it's not just another righty to go along with Casey Mize, Alex Vado, some of these other, you know, yeah. Matt Manning, Turnbull, uh, Turnbull. Yeah, like that's that's the standard. If you have five righties, there's a, it's a lot different when you have a Clayton Kershaw type lefty being thrown in the mix. Yeah. It just it yep. just mixes things up. It makes yep. makes everybody better. Yeah, it makes makes managers have to think. Yep. You know, and then you're going to take your lefties out or you leave them in against this big lefty. Like you just, it changes the game. And anytime you, you're creating change or extra planning, that that's a plus, especially just, you know, every fifth day. It's it's an awesome thing to have. And, and that's what makes this ninth round pick. You know, we talk about the Tigers rebuild <clears throat> and how easy it can be if you have first overall picks all the time. Yeah. I'm, this this is a massive massive win because in my mind he still could be the ace of this staff for years to come. Yeah, he really could. Casey Myers could, could end up being the number two or maybe maybe the, the uh, number three, maybe the number three. <laughs> Matt yeah. Manning can figure it out. We'll... I mean, yeah, he could be the <laughs> the. I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, he could be the Max Scherzer to like a Verlander. Yeah, you know, like where they're both the aces of staffs, but maybe. Maybe Verlander or One's, Scooble is the kind of the dominant guy yeah, in the in the, the rotation. underrated guy. Yeah, exactly. Because he might not be the fan favorite, but he's he he's really good. <laughs> yeah, and I just want to bring up a stat. So after Saturday's outing where he had 11 strikeouts and five innings, uh, the most recent rookies to accomplish eight strikeouts and four consecutive starts is what what he has right now. Again, eight strikeouts and four consecutive starts. Wow. The most recent rookies to accomplish this. Is Noah Syndergaard, 2015. Thank you. Jose Fernandez, 2013. Hugh Darvish, 2012. And Strasburg, 2010. Wow. I mean, that's a great company to be in. company right there. It really is. That just shows the swing and miss stuff that he has against major league hitters. It's a rare thing to do. You look at Casey Mize. We all love Casey Mize. He does not have the swing and miss natural ability that Tarek Skubal has. And I think it's, it's... from the left side, it's an amazing thing to do when you're in the middle of this rebuild. And again, 24 years old. So the key is the fastball. I mean, that's an elite pitch. Uh, he also has a slider, which which falls in 84, 86 miles per hour. A um, lot of experts consider it an above average pitch. Um, what, what do you think about a slider? I think his slider might be the key to him being elite in the end. Okay. First, dial in your fastball. Make that pitch... Um, as good as it can be, and that's what he's in the process of doing. So I don't think he should change anything. He's learning how to pitch on the job. We all love seeing that. His slider can be a wipeout slider. But the thing about his slider is uh, because his fastball, he actually lives up in the zone naturally with his fastball. So the slider doesn't change the eye level as much as that? 
Well, sorry, I should just let you go. I, well, I tried to do that. He needs. Do that it, it's a difficult thing because it's going to end up in the zone more often than not. Low. It's not going to. You know how like Randy Johnson had a wipeout slider, mm-hmm. but it was starting at the knees and then wiping out, and people would just swing at pitches that were just <laughs> dumb. Yeah. So he's not going to be that guy unless he changes his unless he learns how to pitch low low in the zone. Okay. He, he can't be that guy. Did Soto almost just take the guy's head off? That almost went like eight <laughs> rows deep. Let's watch this. Hold on. Whoa. How did he catch that? I don't know. <laughs> Good for Rodgers. No, but uh, so that that's a key pitch, for, for especially from a lefty. A slider is very important for left-handed pitchers, right? If, is that- if he can dial in his slider, it's telling me that he's learned a new arm slot. In a new position to be able to work down in the zone, and and it and it makes him a multi-faceted um, type of pitcher. Like okay, he can, he can work up and down in the zone. Sorry, you said new arm slot. In my head, that means not angle, different, not angle. So, does a slider have a different arm slot than a fastball? Because like, so, and this is me being dumb at the baseball and pitching. Like I just sit and watch and, and enjoy it. I don't see it the way you do. But like in my head, you want to have the same arm slot for all of your pitches, right? That's the, kind of the goal. Yeah. Hold so on. by saying new arm, arm slot. Was it? What's he doing? Oh, he's, oh, he's got a ball. He's got a ball. Don't throw it at me. It's a, it's a football. It's not going to help all, <laughs> all that much. But what I mean about like, so the people that are watching slot, can can see what, what Ryan's right, doing. Right, exactly. And this will show kind of the angle. Fastball is you right in the middle of the ball, and you're throwing like this out front, and you're trying to get, you're trying to get like in the middle of the laces if you're thinking about a football a slider will be where you're actually like breaking out front but it's the same angle as a fastball but you're you're bringing your fingers out front and you're getting on top or over the top of the ball and it'll turn into almost like a curveball movement but not so exact so then it breaks to the side and down instead of a big curvy curveball okay I don't know if that, that makes sense, but if you lose a, a slider, the ball is going to be spinning like this, and then it gets no downward action. It's the easiest pitch in baseball to hit. Okay. If you get Hanging over sliders, the, yeah, is, yeah, those yep. are the ones that go in the seats. Right, and if you go get over the top of it, it's going to end up spinning like this, and then it just breaks down at, at a at a fast rate, and it's almost impossible to see. Okay. So what I mean about him with a slider, if he can learn how to get that spin that arm angle and not fall underneath the ball like that okay. and get out front with it over the top that means that he's found that that maybe that hand position or whatever you want to call it to work down at the knees now now he's got the high fastball and the knees slider and he's going to be a stud he's going to be amazing yeah so he also has a circle change and a curveball um which are important to have curveball not i thought that i thought most Pitchers have either a slider or a curveball. Am I wrong at that? Like, I mean, a lot of guys have both. They do have both, it, but one's just depends. thrown. Like a, a curveball is thrown a lot rarer than the slider. Yeah, normally they have one main secondary pitch. So this is what what I found is is about the circle change. He said, uh, "Good mile per hour separation from the fastball, but until he fully believes in it, in it to throw at any point, it will not turn into a weapon." Yeah, and and that I'm not too concerned with it. He'll learn it with time. Okay, I think he has good touch with it. He just doesn't rely on it right now. So the key is going to be obviously the fastball, and if you can dial in that that slider, those are elite enough to be successful. And if you can trust your your changeup, 
then that that's just like icing on the cake. Yes. Oh like, yeah. He's, he he's has, that close. Yes, he's very, very, very close. And not only that, his curveball is pretty good too. Yeah. And and here's the difference with the curveball. So the curveball works off of the fastball up in the zone. So that makes it so the the where the hitter's looking at the ball, the eye level is yeah. still up. The slider is where working middle to the, down. The, yeah. Okay. So, because if you're sorry, no, I'm just gonna let you do. No, so that I don't sound the, like an no, idiot. No, so that arsenal that he's working with again, he naturally works up in the zone with that fastball. That means that means that the the first initial movement that the high, that batter's eyes are going towards are, is up, and so he can work off that with a high curveball or with that motion, natural motion of a curveball, which is up, or he can get him with a slider where it looks like it's down the middle and now it's at the knees, and and it's still like. Everything just shifts up, and it's it's a new way of pitching. Everybody works down in the zone, but he has so many options with that high fastball so in, being so elite up in the zone. All right, so from what it sounds like, his uh, strengths are his fastball, and he's he's an athlete, right? It seems yeah. like it sounds like he's he's a pretty athletic guy. What are some weaknesses that you think are holding him back from becoming truly elite? And I, and and I, and I know we've talked a lot about arm slot and like perfecting the slider, but like so far, what we've seen this year, why hasn't it turned into, I guess, better numbers? And, and that's hard to say when you just went eleven Ks in five innings. But I don't know. Just well, take it from there. I yeah, guess. It, it's because of the inconsistency with his fastball. That's a hard word at this point. I'm drinking ten percent beer right now, but <laughs> the, inconsistency. Uh, so all right, so I'm gonna give you a second to gather your thoughts here. I just cracked this thing open. So this is the the Rosal Rosalair Rosalair uh, from Perrin Flander. Oh, as soon as I crack this thing, it's so florally, florally, <laughs> Flor- floral, floral. Yeah, it's so f- no, no. It would it would need flowerly. Flowery? You guys don't even know, but you know I didn't say it right. How floral. It, florally. Florally? No. <laughs> floral. Yeah, floral. Floral? Very yeah. floral. No, that doesn't sound right, but I'm just going to trust you guys. Very floral. I mean, that and then the that thing has a lot of flavor and a lot of smell. It's interesting. Smell? I wanted, I wanted, yeah, I wanted I to know. save this for when we kind of put some grades on the board, but it's an 8%er, too, so it's... <laughs> Is it? it's it's not, oh boy. yeah. It, no, it, uh, it's interesting, man. This is that might be the most interesting beer I've ever. That's had. what you you just cracked it open. Oh, too. I've got this it too. Yeah. Very interesting. The Ryan, first sip was really good though. You're you're a wine guy, right? Oh yeah, big it, time. It kind of reminds me of wine in a way, yeah. but then it's sour. It almost it almost tastes it's, like it's an eight, apple wine. It's eight percent, doesn't it? Like, doesn't oh. it taste like an apple wine? It it definitely tastes like a wine I would have up in Traverse City. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. really does. I'm curious a little bit. And more I know I know that some wines are right, aren't they? Uh, aged in yes, different yeah. type of oak, oak and some reds. Mm, Absolutely, it tastes barrels. like a red wine. To yeah, me. so like a very oaky red wine. But it, but it's it it. Feels, <laughs> I'm not getting the sour. It feels it feels like a beer though. It feels like a beer. It's, yeah, it doesn't. It maybe whiskey. I don't know. <laughs> this thing is unique. So many things yeah, being said. What is it? Rosalaire. 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 Perrin wow. Brewing. Comstock Park. This is our 2020 edition. It's, it's a, worth trying. Everybody. It's a it's a neat can too. You guys see the different uh, reflected. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the different finish look. on there. Yep, yeah. looks cool. Yeah. The rose on it. No label. I tried peeling it off. No, did it? Everybody's gonna say you are a loser. Labels. That's gonna be the new thing. <laughs> all I got yeah. was all I got was that price tag. I got the golden <laughs> ticket over here. <laughs> all six of them. <laughs> um, 
Uh, anyways, I'm sorry. I just kind of weaknesses interrupted there. Yeah, weaknesses. Scooble. I think, I think Scooble's weaknesses is he's still learning how to pitch in the zone. So he wants to pitch in the zone. He wants to throw strikes. That that's very clear. If you listen to him in his interviews, he he wants to be the guy who that learns and doesn't mess up an O two count. He doesn't want to go to three and two if he starts somebody off O two. So he clearly understands how important strikes are because of that and because of his fastball rate at this point. Hitters can get him over the plate. And so he's inconsistent with his fastball placement. Um, that, that is such a common thing for rookies, for young pitchers. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's getting the swing and misses, you know, that's the good part. But he will get tagged on occasion. You're going to see the home runs. You're going to see the, the big innings. And that's just him growing up as a pitcher. Yeah. That's knowing, that's knowing what you can get away with and what you can't. Remember remember when Verlander turned into the guy in the first and second inning throwing 91-92 with the movement down and away, and then if a guy got on base, it was like 99-99-99, I'm out yeah. of this inning. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> right? that's, that's the kind of thing that Scuba will learn you know, what he can do, what he can't do. Yeah. No, I, I'm really excited to see the way that this guy develops. His numbers aren't, aren't great. He's 3-7 and seven so far. Um, this year ERA his numbers is four point three three. What's that? His numbers are great. His inning, I guess win his lo- wins and losses are, yeah. are bad. Which I mean, when you're on a crappy team like the Tigers, I mean that that'll happen. Let's go. Let's go. Let's Get go. It. He he robbed it. No. He robbed Paredes. No. Oh my. Double play. That was over the fence too. That would have been a walk off. Walk off to, oh, for Paredes. My gosh. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. I should have cut my mic, dude. <laughs> Man. Oh, Paredes. Unreal. He just robbed Follow a whole us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. State of my sports. So that wasn't a change of, of subject yet. It was just more or less we just needed to get something other than Whoa, us talking about I, we were, yeah, we, Paredes. We were talking about prospects, weren't we? Yeah, he was <laughs> yeah. number four prospect. He had his first hit tonight, and that could have been his first home run tonight. Gosh. That was, oh, my gosh. Can that you was imagine like, as that a rookie? That was far. A walk-off. He, was, he just robbed that two feet above the wall. Yeah. Man, that sucks. That had Little Caesars paint on it. From yeah. the, Who is that bearded, blonde-haired, long-haired dude? I don't like dude? him. I don't Where like it is, either. I don't like him. I don't like He's on my list of not liked people. <laughs> that must be a long list. <laughs> oh, dude, we should create one. That'd yeah. be really fun. A segment, uh, more like a podcast. Speaking Sam's of long the, list. yeah, Sam's long list of people he <laughs> does he doesn't hate, doesn't like very 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 much. Um, but I mean, really, I mean, was there anything else that you want to talk about with Scooble? Um, that that I, I mean, think. Wh- I think. What, it, what are you looking for to for the rest of the year here? Is that is that a good way to to move on? I think um, <laughs> no, he didn't answer that question. Yeah, like, I don't yeah, want to yeah. move on yet. No, no. So <laughs> I, 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 uh, I do want to bring up a little bit of his family history. He's got three brothers. I think that's important because he has been competing his whole life. So do you know if he's youngest, oldest, or he's not the oldest? I think he's third out of four. Okay. So he he has uh, he, you know basketball, baseball, whatever it was, he was never the best in his own family. And he was always trying to, you know how that family dynamic works where you're always trying to live up to something above you. And, and also everything you do is competitive. Yeah. I have a cousin that was a lot like that. Oh, you do? Yeah. (laughs) I just don't know what this is like. I don't know what that's like at all. No, but I, I think, you know, that's important to me because I think he knows 
he if that comes so naturally to him it's always been part of his life then he's got no issue with the work that's required to be good or to be great and i think that's just a natural part of his life at this point is putting the work in being competitive and then when you're on the mound and we just saw it in the first inning this last start on saturday he got you know he was down one run with four pitches into the game I don't know what you're asking me. I'm asking you if you're good after this. Oh, yeah, sure. But uh, <laughs> he was down one run, four pitches into the game, and it, with, a, with a guy on base, and he had to settle on and say, you know what, I actually like where I'm at right now. I feel good about my game, and I'm not going to lose confidence just because they scored on me early. Four pitches in, I feel good about this. We're going to turn this around. And he had that was the only run he gave up. He had 11 Ks in five innings. He struck out the reigning AL MVP to get out of that first inning, and – and he went from there, and it was it was an awesome outing, and it, and I think that's just, um, you know, speaks to just his character, and also his dad is a high school. I think he's a high school basketball coach. Maybe yeah, he's middle yep, school basketball coach. Yeah. I remember reading that. Yeah. So you know, again, it's just that competitive athletic background where you, we love guys like that. Matt Manning is really similar to that in the in the um, farm system right now. Drinking craft beer having fun and talking sports in the state of Michigan. You're listening to State of My Sports. Betting Hero is I think the best place to go. If you're interested in in, in betting on sports in the state of Michigan, you can do that now. Uh, Start with bettinghero.com. You can sign up through there, uh, promo code MIBETS. I'm so bad at explaining this. Um, <laughs> promo code MIBETS. I should just record it and spend like let's 16 do hours doing Yeah, let's do that sometime. That. Um, or at least put some of it on the on the social. <laughs> right? I don't know. I just like explain betting here. Everything yeah, else is word to word and that's hardest, just like go. The hardest one to explain, I just say explain <laughs> it. No, that's why I haven't taken the time to create a read. But anyways, bettinghero.com. Promo code MIBETS, and what they have is they have all of the different promotions available. You got Fox Bets Live, you got the uh, FanDuel, MGM, William Hill, all of them. All of them have their own promos. What Betting Hero does is it f- finds the best promo, whether you're a new customer or not, and sign up through there, put your money in, bet on whatever you want to bet on. You can get free money left and right. It just all just comes at you all at once. That's basically where I'm at here with, with betting here. I, yeah, I don't it gives know. you it gives you every legal option in the state of Michigan, and that's the best part about it. So whatever whatever state you're in, if you're in New Jersey, Michigan, whatever other state, it's going to give you every single option you have wherever you are. Mm-hmm. For sure, that's that's what we got. But what we want to talk about today, uh, we want to touch base again on our. Uh, Adopt a team for the playoffs. So, Micah, this is hilarious. Micah's doing great. Huh? Wait, for wait. Real st- what? <laughs> is that hilarious because him and Kyle are both missing and they're combined have like one team? Left? <laughs> <laughs> or no, I'm. So, they have two well, teams. Two teams between the two of them. Oh, the team in green. I'm sorry. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, for the basketball NBA, Micah took the Lakers, the Heat, Mavs, and then Boston. Those were his four picks, and all four of them. Are eliminated. Yeah, and I gotta I say the Mavs. Funny. The Mavs is too bad. I was really rooting I really, for them. Yeah, I was too. I really like them. Uh, so they're out. Um, basically, where, where we're sitting is is Kyle has uh, the Nets and the Sixers, which good for him on that. They're, they're are they playing each other? No, no, they're oh, not. Cool. Nets are playing the uh, Bucks. Yeah. You're right. Yep, and that makes six, sense. Sixers got the Hawks. Uh, Ryan, you have Bucks, Suns, and Hawks 
still left, and I have the Jazz, Clippers, and Nuggets I'm pulling, available. I'm pulling for the Suns. Yeah? Yeah, you me want too. the Suns to do it? Yeah, yeah. Chris me too. Paul. Is that... Uh, Devin Booker. Devin Booker. He's the Granville guy, right? DeAndre uh, Ayton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, at some point, yeah. And DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, I really like their team, too. I, I play in a golf league with a guy who is Devin Booker's uncle. Which oh. is crazy. Can story. he come on the yeah. podcast? Not not that you're not the uncle, but no. Devin Booker. Oh, Devin Booker. <laughs> not yeah. the uncle. Yeah, let me call him. <laughs> um, so that some updated probably after like a game seven. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or, or and it has to be live because we don't know how to stream in four games. Sweet. Yeah. So Nets, that Nets are are the Nets up two zero on the Bucks right now? Or yeah, they, just, they are. So the Nets are up two zero. They're they're the the favorite to win the NBA title. They're at plus one fifteen. Um, then it goes to Jazz, Clippers, Phoenix, which is, is your guys' darling there at plus 750. I thought that it was interesting that the 76ers were plus 900. I thought they were playing better. Like I thought they was well, deserve better odds. I think Embiid was out, right? Game yeah. one and two, I think, too. Okay. Like the, and they split game one and two, right? Uh, I actually have to check. I think they've only played one. Played oh, one. is it? Maybe tonight was game two. I don't yeah, know. there might be. We should, probably should we should have known that ahead of time. That's not me. No, just keep talking, and I'll let <laughs> um, you know. And then it comes down to the Bucks, who are down two zero, uh, plus fourteen hundred, which I think that's pretty good money for 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 a team that's actually one of the better ones, right? Um, I think they, got, yeah, yeah, they play three in a row at home now, right? I don't know how it goes in, in the, the NBA in anymore. The is round. it two two one 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 or is it two three two? I honestly don't know. I. Sh- I, can you, can we just answer one question that, at a time? Yeah, right. Okay. So the, the, the first, question, first question is uh, Hawks won game one, Sixers, 76ers won game two. So it is tied series oh, right now, oh. one to one. Okay. Um, I'll I'll work on the next request here. Yeah, I'd be curious if it's 2-3-2 two, two, or is it 2-2-1-1-1? Two, two, because I think that makes a huge difference. Um, but then you got Nuggets plus 3,000 and then the Atlanta Hawks plus 3,500. Um, so you guys are both kind of on the, the Phoenix Suns bandwagon here? Yeah, yeah. I think I after like him. after the Mavs lost, I mean, I I'm a Luka Doncic fan. Um, it's two two one one one. Okay. At this point, all right. One thing that I thought was really interesting, and, and I'm probably gonna have the years wrong here, but I should have wrote it down. I think I wrote it down on a sticky note at work because I heard it, but then I forgot to put it on the show sheet. But basically, out of all the teams available, so there's a team that's going to win the championship. Out of all the teams that are left. The only like the most recent winner was in 1983. Whoa, really? Isn't that crazy? And yeah. I think that was the 76ers in '83. Moses Malone. Yeah, and then I I want to say like the the Hawks were like in the 50s when they were Dominique, somewhere else. Dominique Wilkins, maybe. It's did, like did they the ever same organization. I, I, I think in the one. 50s, but I think there was another one in there. Was it ABA. But like, that's a huge no. jump. Like. This is going to be a winner since the first time since 83. Wow. That doesn't happen a lot in the NBA. And that, I mean, <laughs> that kind of tells you a lot with, with who wins and who doesn't. Can, in I, the just, NBA, can I just say one thing about uh, Luka Doncic, too? Because it was probably worth he, he had an amazing series. He dominated on the offensive side of the ball, and he was facing Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Patrick Beverly, three of the very best defenders in all of basketball. Probably. Three of you could probably rank in like the top six or seven, and, and you're talking with Kawhi and Patrick Beverly, probably two of the top three or four. Does like, he have the ability to be the best team or the best player in the NBA? Definitely, he, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean he he, does. Does. he dominated the Euro League. 
But then I'm I'm pretty sure he scored on eight or nine different defenders in one of those games. Yeah. Because which they is, couldn't do anything. Which is incredible. Marcus I mean, Morris, another guy that threw yeah, on all the time. I, I'm pretty sure Luke Kennard probably switched on him. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately. You know, Nicholas Batum. Yep. Batum. Yep. Um, I don't know if that's all guys that would yeah. all guys that would theoretically be a good matchup against him. Yeah, defensive minded players in ways. Um yeah, I I think so. I think yeah, he'll probably win MVP next year. Yeah, he there's a good chance that this guy's gonna be a multiple MVP uh winner throughout his career. Didn't uh who won the MVP this year? Wasn't it like John Gonick or no, Jokic? Yeah. Jokic? Ni- Ni- Nikolai Jok- Jokic. Jokic. Yeah. The Joker as they call him. Yeah. Uh, a center, yeah. He's amazing. You know, First center since Shaq or something? Yeah, throwback to one of the episodes early on in my tenure here on State of MI Sports. I'm pretty sure I picked Stephen Curry as better odds to win the MVP than like a bunch of other uh, potential odds out there. Uh, betting Heroes segment. Yeah, I think you did, and, actually. Uh, he finished second in voting. I'm kind of disappointed that he only – I think he got five first-place votes. One thing that I thought was really interesting is – I think he deserved if, more votes if I than he saw, got. If I saw it correctly, LeBron got zero. Zero. MVP. Oh, yeah. Ru- Russell Westbrook, zero. Good. Yeah. I mean, Good. LeBron LeBron had zero because he was injured. It, yeah, he you did know, go the through The Lakers were seven C. They had to earn they, – they, they were in the playoff games. Like – but man, I, I get Steph, it. Steph Curry had nobody, and he got him. Oh, to Steph play, Curry had his best game. year yet. Yeah. yeah, with nobody around him, and yeah, they they got at least to the point in the West. Which what do you mean Draymond Green? So there? Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, we forgot Jordan, <laughs> Jordan Poole. Though. Jordan Poole <laughs> yeah. on the bench without Clay. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit about uh the NHL here. Uh, so basically, where where we're sitting is is Kyle. His only team available or left is Vegas against Ryan's Avs, which uh, Vegas Vegas came back from a two nothing win or they were down two nothing heading into third, and they ended up winning three to two in overtime um, against the Avs. I hate Vegas so much, um, but that's the only team that Kyle has left. Islanders uh, for you, Ryan, uh, advanced tonight be- beating uh, Boston, oh, which right. is awesome. You hate Boston. Everybody hates Boston. Uh, who Micah had. Uh, his only team left is the Canadians, who already advanced, and my only team left is the Lightning, who advanced. So um, it'll be really interesting to see the way this goes. I mean, yeah, I don't know, if, and I get the fact that people don't really sit and watch the NHL. I get it. It, it doesn't bother me. I love it. This has been a really good playoff so far. That uh, Islanders-Bruins series has been amazing. The Vegas-Avs series has been amazing. Well, uh, having fans too again. That's right? a like huge deal. The the last Stanley Cup playoff little thing they did was kind of weird. They yeah. played what three cities and kind of yeah. Had to it was keep like it. it was like a couple bubbles and yeah. It was just yeah, it, very so very strange. Feels good to see real hockey again. Yeah, and and the fans, it is awesome. The, all of these places are packed except Canadian teams. And then players are putting their bodies on the line like yeah. it's good it's good it's playoff back hockey again. it's back oh, yeah. exactly and it, it's been really fun to watch i know not a lot of uh people sit and watch them but it, again i i really don't care so the the updated odds and this was uh heading into tonight so i'm sure uh the islanders odds have have jumped in boston who who has the worst odds oh, let's go that was come on that, walk one's out. Out. that one's out come on Foul. Don't foul? tell me. No. Well, you guys got me all excited for Badu to hit a Dude, foul ball. Oh my god! Oh, he needs a single to put it into another inning too. Oh, <sighs> two third. outs, bottom tenth. 
Oh, they're Look down. They're yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is terrible podcasting. It's, hey, how about I don't care. yeah? How about that MLB rule of starting a guy in second and extra? Yeah, how do you feel about that? I don't like it. I'm no. just watching it now. It's like, dang it, sack fly and a sack fly. A guy gets home. I mean, that's kind of what yeah, it's kind of what Seattle did. Anyways, um, I'll just keep talking. You guys can watch the game. Uh, thank you. Uh, Tampa Bay is leading the way at plus 200. Vegas plus 225. Come on. Oh, Come that's, on. That's he scored. score run. Tied that it up. in the ballpark. 4-4. Now walk off, baby. Pitch. Was that a wild pitch? Yeah. yeah. Nice. All right, Badu. Now just keep this one fair. Jeez. That can't even Paredes is going to score the tying run even though he just got You know, there's robbed. no reason to get into the, these odds because they've, they've changed since tonight. But um, one thing I did want to talk about before we move on from our betting hero segment, and this has been a long one, but probably our longest betting hero segment in a while. Michigan State, uh, their over-under came in at four and a half. And I sit, in here, I sit here and look at this schedule, and I'm not sure I see three. Is this football or basketball? Football. Oh, all right. <laughs> I know Tom Izzo lost some guys. Yeah, yeah but, so, but three I mean, seems weak. Yeah. All right, so I, I look at this schedule, and I'm not going to be too too much into it. We'll have our fun little schedule game, which is always a good time. Um, and outside of the Big Ten, you got Youngstown State and Western Kentucky. I mean, those those are the ones that you should win, I, I, I sure hope. Um, other than that, I mean – you could put the you could put Rutgers on because you never know what's going to go on with that. Maryland is is a potential coin flip. Purdue, I guess, fits in that same mold. Um, Indiana could also kind of come in that same. So, I mean, if you guarantee Youngstown State in Western Kentucky as wins, I mean, you gotta you gotta find a way to beat Rutgers, Indiana, Purdue, and or Maryland. Um, yeah. But they've got to they've get got over under. They're and they're I, a good quarterback play away from you know Maryland, Purdue, Indiana is going to be tough, but Rutgers, Nebraska, even you know yeah, I guess Nebraska Youngstown. can kind of fall in there. So, w- would you lean over the? Would you say over is a is a fair bet on that? W- what is their over under? Four and a half. Four and a half. Ooh, I'm going to lean over. Yeah, I think I will. Yeah, I'm kind of a, maybe a little bit higher on the Spartans than you might be. Yeah, I mean, I they lost a lot. They did, but I think they've gained some pretty good transfer. recruits. Yeah, the, the yeah. transfers over from. I'm very interested to see programs. how how Mel Tucker is as a coach. I don't think we learned enough last year. No, we didn't. In, in that of type of season, play. quarterback play as well. Um, but like, I I don't know enough about Mel Tucker to to know where to go with this. Um, but you look at the schedule; it looks fairly easy. When you when when I really started to dig into it, when you brought up Nebraska and stuff as as potential wins, it's like. Man, I mean, and, and I don't want to even consider the the Michigan game an easy loss because we all saw what happened last year. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but the four and a half is it seems low, right? I mean, let, let's say they hit the under. Let's say they hit four wins. That's a disappointing season. Oh yeah, for Michigan State, absolutely. Yeah, it yeah, I don't should care. be. I don't it care where be. you're at. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm curious to how how this is all going to happen and how it's going to, you know. Right, no, but you're right. Move on. You know, I'm I'm saying f- over. I'm taking the over and giving rationale. That's that's not even qualifying for a bowl game. That's not getting that's you to six point. wins. Yeah, and that's how quickly they have fallen off. And I'm not I'm not piling on to Michigan State because they beat us last year, and, and I gotta swallow that. But it's like, man, that it's not pretty. It's not pretty in in Spartan Land right now, and I think. Vegas sees it, and I'm I'm curious to how how the fans see that, and 
Is this going to be yeah, I another talk, wait and see? I got to talk to season? my to my buddy Kevin and, and figure out where his head's at because yeah. I did have. I think he's cautiously optimistic on this team, and yeah. that might be a little bit where my optimism is coming from. Okay. Um, pretty good transfers, and then quarterback play. I think they have options this year. A lot of those guys were freshmen last year that they were trying to to you know juggle behind Lombardi. They were trying to see if their redshirt freshmen's like which one of the the true freshman or the redshirt freshman was going to be able to back him up. Like that's a bad spot to be in. I think there's way more competition in camp this year, and it, it's going to lead to an overall more confident team. Mm-hmm. So we'll jump over to uh, Michigan. Their over under was set at eight. So we don't have the half game. I like half games. I don't know why they do the the full game there. It bothers me a little bit. Because pushing at eight is probably the right <laughs> idea, right? Um, so I I really look at there's a lot of um, Washington coin flip games. Like I understand why why people aren't going to be optimistic about Michigan. A lot of questions, a lot of turnover, um, quarterback questions. Like I I don't know what to think about this team. I really don't. And it's weird because that's the team that I, I care a lot about, and I should f- have a better pulse of it. But with everything going on and the way that the the offseason was handled, it's a little concerning, and I, I really don't know where to go and what to expect. I feel like if I said over, I would be like, oh, well, you're just a, a slappy for, for Michigan, and that's fair. But if I say under, it's like, should it really be under? I, I don't know. Like, where, where, where are you yeah, going under mean, under means seven. And so do you and really expect that, them to that, win seven? And that's the hard part. You know, it's like seven is a pretty dang disappointing season. Oh, yeah. Like that is that is Harbaugh-fired territory. Absolutely it is, yeah. Yeah. So so what does eight <laughs> mean then? Is eight I, that much better? No, it doesn't seem but like nine, it. But nine wins is nine a good is, season. Exactly. Yeah. That's how how small of a window right. college football is. So they're playing on our emotions because they know eight <laughs> is that worst <laughs> number. Do seven and a half or something, right? Yeah, because they – like, yeah. I know they don't care. Like, it's not like Ward Manuel is going to be like, oh, you didn't make the over, so I'm going to fire you or anything like that. Nobody they don't care to, about any of that. Nobody's going to bet a push. So you're going right? to over under, and <laughs> that means that they have luxury to work with nine to seven. Yeah. So like, you, you go through it. I mean, they're going to lose to Ohio State. Let's just let's just say they're going to lose to Ohio State. Penn State. Let's let's look at the three biggest games. And I, I'm not in even Wisconsin. sure. I'm not even sure Penn State really falls in the in the automatic loss category. I'm not gonna. But let's just for for the sake of an argument, let's say that. So how many how many wins does that play? Actually, you, Penn State was if terrible you say last year. Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin, and I want to say you split with either. Or you split. Washington's with Indiana. not easy. Indiana. Let's say you split Indiana Washington. Sure. Right, because Indiana's on is. Uh, up and coming, yeah. if you will. That gets us to eight wins. That's eight wins right there. Yeah. So it. I agree. That means you're like taking care of you're taking care of Northwestern, taking care of Nebraska, that's not Michigan easy. State, Maryland. Yeah, I mean, there's so in in when you look at it that way, it's like under seems like the smart bet. And I'm oh pushing. Boy. I'm pushing. Right. I'm going eight. <laughs> well, that's fun. I'm betting the push. thanks, Ryan. I think Vegas is <laughs> smarter than push. me. <laughs> No, I mean it, it's. Do I it, get extra if I it, if I get it, the push? <laughs> it puts things into perspective on on the way that this season could go, is going to go, and man, we're gonna have a lot to talk about once yeah. once football season starts. For sure, John. Yeah. What are you thinking about I, Michigan? I, I just want to break even. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you look at though? I mean, it, do you like the 
I don't know if you're a betting guy, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't play with the money. No. But I like I like their home matchups. Their toughest one is obviously Ohio State, but Washington coming over here, West Coast, East Coast. I don't know. Put that game at noon. You have to put that game at noon to mess with Washington and their brains, right? Over under eight. Yeah. Over under eight. It'll be interesting. He's gonna do it too. He's gonna do it too. He's gonna push. I'm I'm leaning at eight point two. Like give me eight point (laughs) two. Is that my beer? Oh, (laughs) no, we're not doing beer grades yet, John. Uh, no, I I don't know. It's fun to look at. We'll we'll get into all that as we go. I mean, what are we probably like? 91 days or something like that. That's just uh, off the top of my head. <sighs> off the top of your head. Just random number. But I think we're inside 100 for, for NFL, too, now. So Really? It's exciting. I Summer's going by too young, fast. Young Sam would be kicking my own butt because he's like, why are you trying to get rid of summer so quickly? And I'm like, eh, football season. <laughs> That's the reason. That's the reason. No, I don't want. I don't want. Summer I don't to want summer away. to end. Yeah, nope. I mean, it's kind of just started, but it hasn't even technically started. At it. Yeah, but it just feels like it's almost over. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> this is going by. Winter is coming. Yeah, for sure. That's a Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. You got yeah, it. Yeah, I knew yep. that. It is time to grade our Michigan beers for this episode. But before we do, I want to once again remind everyone of our partner, Siciliano's Market. They are simply the best. Oops. It is time to grade our Michigan right. beers for this episode, but before we do, I want to once again remind everyone of our partner, Siciliano's Market. They are simply the best beer store in West Michigan, there located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between Grand Valley State University's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it is worth the short drive for what they have to offer. Whether you know what you want or you need some help from their expert staff, Siciliano's Market is the best place for that. They not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of the best craft beers from across our great nation, they're individually priced so you can mix and match to build your own six-pack. Along with their great selection of craft beer they have specialty wines spirits ciders coffee tea tobacco and cigars they also have the largest selection of homebrew and wine making supplies in west michigan we love that siciliano's market is part of the state of my sports family and is who we visit to help us choose our michigan beers for each and every episode so please check them out and let them know that we sent you all right so if you missed the beer intros i peeled off my label and i feel like i might have won something um so i'm drinking from upper hand brewing uh it's called their next up it's their hazy IPA, nobody cares what I'm drinking right now. This is we gotta know. Nobody if you cares won. what's going on about the beer and what my grade is. Um, Do you want me to go? S- yeah, go for it, and I'm I'm gonna keep going with this here. I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll go again. Um, I am drinking Zion, which apparently there's not an A in this in this label. I don't get it, but I was wrong the first time. Uh, so Zion, this is a beer that was made in collaboration. So it's from City Built Brewing Company, and they collaborated with Arvon Brewing Company to make this triple IPA. It's 10%er. Um, and again, just a little bit, you know, like they just, they they wanted to do some some original ideas, but then just challenge that with a little bit of kind of a remix idea um, of mixing in some Puerto Rican style beer into this one. So again, I, I wasn't really sure what that all means, I'm going to take a sip and, and hopefully give a, an accurate beer grade. <laughs> it's still not gone. That's <laughs> how hard it is. I have I have been sipping on this. It's actually a really good tasting beer. I cannot take like a real, I don't know, drink of it. A because it drink, is, yeah, because yeah, like it makes my face look all weird. And I like, <laughs> I, yeah, it's just, it's heavy. Yeah. It's heavy. It's strong. It's good. Um, I'm going to go with a 7.1. I think it's just a little bit too much for me right now. Yeah. 
and I don't know if it's because it's like summer and not winter or whatever, you know, I don't know, but I was really looking forward to this. It's not that it even let me down. It was just, it's exactly what I wanted, but just too much of it. All right. That's, that's fair. It so, was strong. All right. So I jumped on, I scanned the, the code or the, the, is that a code? QR code? QR code. Yep. Uh, basically I found two some, letters. some two D kind of sec- secret thing and I was really excited about it. Did you, did you win a car? I did not win a car. Oh. I won 25% off. So it's basically their... Uh, so you basically you can go to their online store. I, I, I feel like I'm being a little too negative about this. Did you catch that? Because it's still cool. Um, it, it basically, you check out their online store. If you see some anything you like, use the coupon code. I'm not going to tell you the coupon code, so you guys got to figure that out on your own. <laughs> um, when you check out to apply 25% employee discount to your order plus we'll stuff the box full of some extra goodies just for the thrill seekers so maybe it don't that got me really excited i'm gonna do this now yeah yeah you gotta do it i'm gonna do that yeah what's what's the code i'm not gonna tell you oh okay people have to buy the the beer and peel off the label i'm I'm curious if their other beers do this i'm gonna go buy more of their beer and yeah you should yeah that was cool like i i'm really excited about that I got to do something still, right? I got to give a grade and stuff? I think you do, yeah. All right. So, yeah, I was drinking uh, Next Up. It's their Hazy IPA from Upper Hand. And very, very good IPA. It really was. 6.5% alcohol. They're in the um, UP? Yeah. Do you yeah, know where? I think you that's where the Upper UP? Hand um, means is my guess. Ryan. Um, <laughs> I threw you, threw you under the bus there. Oh, my gosh. I'm just curious. This is crazy. All right, so brewed and canned by Upper Hand Brewery in Escanaba, Michigan, a division of Bell's Brewery. Oh, cool. You know where Escanaba is? That's kind of important. Escanaba's in like right the really low part of the yeah, uh, UP. It's like right across the bridge to the right. Left. No, left. left. Yeah. It's far left. Right to the west. is um, St. something, right? St. Ignace? Yes. Yeah. No. No. St. Sault Ste. Marie? St. Ignace. Saint, is Sault Ste. Marie's like top, top. <laughs> I, I was in Escanaba ice fishing this past winter. I know Were you? Where it's at. Yeah. Nice. It's is, like, is it a cool town? Uh, in the wintertime, it's kind of boring. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's really cool. A lot like of cold, cool. Yeah, a yeah. lot of ice fishermen there. I um, think it. I think that's kind of Escanaba. It's just es- kind of Escanaba in the moonlight is a popular song. It's on. It's on Little Bay to Knock. It's like the northernmost point of Lake Michigan. Yeah. The very most northern point of Lake Michigan is actually um, Rapid City. No. Oh man, I I was looking at a, I really wanted to buy like a cottage around there. I I oh, can't afford a, co- a cottage, but yeah, um, it's on. Yeah. It'll come. To, it'll oh Nobbin Way. Nobbin Way is the very north point of Lake Michigan. Okay, but well, anyways, yeah, it, very 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 close to that is Escanaba. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Just keep heading west. Uh, I still gotta give it a grade. <clears throat> very good hazy IPA. Very happy with it. What's the grade? Uh seven nine. Nice. John, this, this is the one I'm most curious about. Right? I love. I would. Love, I am so glad it's not on my plate. Because yeah, me too. I, would I don't have want no idea where to go with this. Same, beer. same here. Yeah. So, John, <laughs> was this your second? Is this your second ever? Great beer grade. Second ever beer grade. Yeah. 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 Man, it's a lot of pressure for something <laughs> like this. Like, good big, luck with that. Yeah, big shoes to fill. I wear a 14. Um, Parent. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, Parent Must Brewing. Nice. Shout out to Parent though. First uh, craft beer micro brewer, brewery uh, I ever. Step foot in, in life. Was it really? Yeah, um, always been a fan. You know, pretty yeah. loyal. They've 
you know, pumped out some pretty good beers over the years. Uh, had I known that this was going to taste a little bit like wine, I probably would have had like a steak with this. Yeah, oh, you want a steak? Yeah. Or a burger, you know, something good off the grill. Um, uh, eight, 8% by volume, alcohol by volume. Sour ale, Agent Oak. It's, it's a interesting. lot of flavors going on. You know, when handing me the glass, it was kind of dark, you know. Is that a brown beer? I'm not I think it's like red. It. I think it's red. It's definitely red. Flanders red, in fact. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, man, I'm I'm not lying. I'm a fan of this. Yeah. I would, I would drink this again, and I'm gonna I'm gonna reach with an eight point three. I I love I, that grade. Actually, I think that's like <laughs> perfect grade. Yeah. Honestly, I think you really nailed that because. It's a great. It's, it's so a great different. Drink. You you don't know where to go. It's a refreshing eight percent. Yeah, it is. I might have a steak tomorrow on the grill and drink. <laughs> what's left yeah, over that sounds those. great. Actually, is there any leftover? Rosalier. I know. I think there's one more at least in that cooler. Yeah. Down there. Yeah. Man, I interesting. Very interesting beer. Um, but yeah, I thought I, I think that's a really good grade. They did what they do best is they make drinkable beers, right? And, and this one does not even taste like beer, but it's like it's just drinkable. It's, it, you want to go back for more. Yeah, for sure. Well, I that was a, a fun episode. I, I want to thank you guys for recording, showing up tonight, and being a part of it. I think that the the player profile was a lot of fun. Getting to know Tarek Scuba a little bit. Maybe he'll come on the podcast if we tag him right. Or yeah, I, think, tag him I right. think that's the next step on that yeah, one. Yeah, for sure. Um, and being here, we miss Kyle and, and uh, Micah. Uh, but also want to thank you guys for, for uh, listening. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Episode 109 will be next week. and We finally got to talk. We'll talk to you next week, if not sooner. Yeah. Peace. Damn, it's too early again. i got to figure this out. Hey, You've oh, been okay. listening to State of My Sports. From the Red Wings to the Lions to the Tigers to the Pistons to Michigan and Michigan State and everything in between, we're talking about it. And don't forget the beer. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you next time.